What's up, party people? It's Pinkerton if you're nasty, and you're listening to Verbally Challenged. It was just this genius. Like yeah. everything about it for a match style that I normally hate. <laughs> like it was just so well done. Made you a fan. <laughs> I don't know that. I, maybe a fan of these guys. I'll let these guys do another match like this. No problem. I don't yeah. want to see Velveteen Dream and EC3. <laughs> that will be an hour and a half long. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to Purple Challenge. I'm Harry MBX, and I got back with me Paul C from Building Up to It. What's going on, man? What's up? What's up? I'm excited to, to talk some wrestling again. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I look forward to these every single month, man. I definitely do too. It's uh, it's it's always nice to talk to uh, another smart wrestling fan. And whenever I talk to you specifically, it's there's there's always things that I didn't that I always missed. I didn't realize this thing happened or that thing happened. And it's always cool to get another perspective on on what I think things uh, are, are doing or how I feel about certain things. So I look forward to these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a big, big weekend of wrestling that just passed. If it wasn't for NJCC, I'm sure I would have attended at least one of these shows. I'm sure at least NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which is one of the shows we're going to be discussing tonight. So let's start with that. Actually, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 happened on August 18th, 2018 from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Five great matches on the card that we're going to discuss, man. We were just discussing in the pre-show how these TakeOvers seem to just be getting better and better and trying to figure out like how they just seem to be so much better than the main roster shows man we, we got to try to figure it out throughout the discussion of this pay-per-view because uh, yeah man it was it was a hell of a show like such a great show and it only had like you said only five matches compared to summer slams like 30 matches or whatever they had on the card <laughs> but it was it was so good and i don't know if it's because there were only five and so it was a tighter show or what i i I don't really know because usually you can you you can assume that main roster stuff has a lot more character, so it's more soap opera like. Certainly for for Raw and stuff like that, but I'd argue that in in these matches here, like there was just as much story told in the matches, if not more, than than in the the, the main roster pay per view. So I don't really know why it's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree, and it is the in ring action. I think is definitely plays a role, but um, definitely the length of the pay per view also. Like with this being right next to SummerSlam, you know that pay per view. Like if you count the pre show, which was two hours, and they had three matches on that. You know, on top of the main pay per view, it's you know like a six or seven hour event, like in total. So that could be kind of like exhausting. And yeah. Yeah, these takeover events tend to be like about two, two and a half hours, which I feel is probably like the perfect length for like a wrestling show. So nice, you know, they could tell some nice tight stories. Uh, it doesn't have to be a million matches. Uh, each match has like, you know, uh, room to breathe and, and, and the competitors in the matches just, they fucking do a hell of a job. Like you could tell they just go into these matches to steal the show. Yeah, it, it, it does. It does feel like they go in with that intent every time. Before. So everybody each match like they they they're all there to try to steal the show and and it really does kind of it shows in the final product like it, it it is when they get a good match going like it's a hell of a match it's like a they're dave Meltzer 
like five star matches or four and a half to five star matches. It's crazy, but they're they're all great matches. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, the first match of the evening was for the NXT Tag Team Championship. So the champions, the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong took on the challengers of uh, Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven. So I think this was a rubber match because on the June 26th, during the NXT UK Championship Tournament, Mustache Mountain actually defeated the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And they wound up getting a rematch a couple of weeks later for the titles, and they got the titles back. So I believe this was a rubber match between the teams uh, for the championships. They did not disappoint, man. It was a, I thought it was a great fast-paced opener with a lot of you know back and forth action these teams just like they just mesh very well together in their styles you know in the end you know the undisputed era way but it hit the total elimination to retain the titles and i would say it's a damn near five-star match so uh what do you think overall at the end you know i didn't see this coming uh the undisputed era got the win and while they were celebrating uh these guys, uh, new guys to NXT, the War Raiders, came in and just basically destroyed O'Reilly and Strong. So it looks like they're probably going to be next in line for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, what do you think overall of the match? Yeah, I thought the match was was fantastic. A hell of a way to open the show. And and like I said, damn near five-star match there. And what I think they did really well and what i think made this such a great match is that this isn't their first time meeting so they've already got that chemistry there but they were able to actually kind of do a lot of callbacks to previous to their previous matches and Mm -hmm. kind of bring that stuff in so there was the whole bit with with uh when when tyler Bate was 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 kind of in the submission hold and whether or not trent seven was going to throw throw in the towel oh that's right yeah so little things like that i thought were great and and of course the the actual the in-ring action was was crazy like it was i think i mentioned this before when we talked about the last nxt pay-per-view but Mm. like this is the this is the kind of match that i i love these kinds of matches so this is like callback to like uh what the x division was like when it when it first started it was just super super high action and high flying action and just even not necessarily high flying. This is just it's just really sharp, really crisp action. Every every movement had a purpose, and yep. the, they all just the, the chemistry between the competitors was great. And I thought it was really really cool. And I think just you, you mentioned that their styles mesh together, which is which they absolutely do, and that's one thing that make it so good. But it's interesting that their styles are not the same. Like it's not, they don't have sim- their styles are very different. So they have. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Mustache Mountain is the it's all British strong style, right? So it's it's a much more hard hitting and just kind of slobber knocker type thing. But it and when and then when you go up, up against the the former Ring of Honor guys and the the former like indie guys like that, their whole thing is is about fast pace and lots of strikes and mm-hmm. everything like that. But it did like it flowed so well, and they were able to tell a really good story with with the match and everything like that. I thought it was superbly done and there were so many amazing spots yeah. in this match that it's crazy just trying to like think through because we've now th- this happened this took place on a saturday and since that show aired there there have now been there was like the the 18 hour summer slam then there's been a raw <laughs> and then there's been and then there's been a smackdown so there's been a lot of wrestling and so it's kind of it's almost hard to keep it all straight yeah man this point. but but really like so many amazing little spots or not little spots amazing spots in the sh- in that match that were just like 
I've never seen before. And and I, I've just my jaw dropped. And that actually kind of is almost a, a theme for the whole evening, really. <laughs> it's, yeah. It was like that. But some of the, the things that really stuck out were like when um, when Tyler Bate, I think he, I think it was Kyle O'Reilly was on his shoulders, and then Roderick Strong was it was he had Roderick Strong's legs and was doing like the 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 Cesaro swing with two dudes like on yeah. him, yeah. and then he just kind of stopped, and then he just gives like this this double German suplex, like it was it was crazy how strong that dude is. Yeah, yeah, and, and like you can argue, oh, the swing it's it's physics, right? Because there's a guy on, on his shoulders, it was he was still able to do it. Sure, I'm not gonna argue that. But like, then he did a German suplex with two dudes. Like that was nuts. And then like the the thing that I had never seen is is I think it was was it Roderick Strong that had Trent Seven again in a submission. And there's actually they were both like Undisputed Era had both of them had both of the Mustache Mountain guys in a submission. And then Tyler Bate just powers up one of them and throws him into the other guy. Like I'd never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, never, I was certainly not expecting it, and it looked so great. It looked really, really cool, and just looked like a this, like those those guys must have, have a ton of fun planning out these matches and trying to be innovative. Yeah, because like they certainly do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when you think like everything's been done already, and then you just see something like this, where it's just like holy shit! Like it's just so creative with the the spots that they pull off, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And it's one of those that I think it, they just had the perfect combination of guys to to do it because. You and I have talked before. Like I, I think that the undisputed era guys are great, and it's it's mm-hmm. about the like intangibles. It's not just about the moves that they can do, but it's also the reactions that they do. And and Kyle O'Reilly particularly is so good at that. Like mm-hmm. his the, the cockiness that he has in his character, and it, it, it juxtaposes really well with like when like the the way that he reacts when he gets hit or when he's like so sure that he did something awesome and he escaped something and then he gets blocked <laughs> in the head or whatever and then it's, it's like he legitimately his whole body goes limp and he just flops over or, or whatever it is like it works so well when it comes to kind of receiving the unexpected offense mm-hmm. of the of the the mustache mountain group like it, like it, it just worked so well all together i thought no, it's good. It's good. It's good. He's he, him in particular, like you said, and and I love the way they've been portraying Roddy ever since he joined them and and turned heel. Because uh, yeah, so I was, much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was worried about him. You know, he looked like he was gonna flounder a bit, and, and him just kind of sliding in, you know, showing the cocky attitude. Like it's really, really good. Like uh, revitalized his career here. And uh, yeah, I've always thought he was better as a heel, and so this is this is perfect. Like he's he's paired up with the the perfect people. To, to keep him as a good heel, like it's, it's perfect, like yep. for him. Exactly, good good group, and um and then like you said, like they when they did the total elimination, like the way uh, O'Reilly uh, was on top, I think he pinned uh, Trent seven, and uh, the way he was just laid out on top of him, and then yeah. like, <laughs> count the three, and he was like out, like if he was like laid out himself, like it was yeah. just so funny, like the, his cell job and stuff, like he he's done a really good job since he's come in here, you know, considering like how are these guys gonna do in this uh, WWE system, and they're all like knocking it out of the park, they're just killing, yeah. I was I was worried uh, to be honest because I, I I loved him in Ring of Honor and um and I've I've always loved Roderick Strong but again I thought he's the messiah of the backbreaker they're never going to let him do all these backbreakers and all, nope. and all that kind of stuff and I also felt that he's a much better heel than he is a face but like they were clearly pushing him as a face I didn't know what they were going to do and and they either 
bless Triple H or whatever, whoever it is that let them, maybe it's maybe it's William Regal, whoever it is that let that lets them kind of do what they do. Yeah. Is great. And actually that that's a I brought up a very good question that um kind of came through in the the rock and wrestling page that we had. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was TJ had brought it up. TJ also a very big wrestling fan. What do you think determines a five-star match? Is it like, do you look at a five-star match in comparison to the other matches on the card? Do you look at it in comparison to previous matches between the same people? Do you look at it as, as it has to be a flawless match with no botches in there anywhere? Or like, because I said this, this, this is, is a, to me, five-star match for this one here. Um, yeah. Because it, if it was just the action, maybe not. But because they were also able to tie in the history of the previous matches and things like that into this one and kind of increase the drama, mm-hmm. because they were able to to do such innovative things in in the offense, I I said for sure this this should be a five star match. But TJ brought up a very good point is and and a couple of people agreed with him. Like there was some points where Trent Seven was was doing. Uh, clotheslines in, in the corner to people. And it's like, he just walked from one clothesline to the other to, to get the other guy and mm-hmm. valid. But to me, that didn't detract from the fact that it was still a stellar match. Like it was still an amazing match, but uh, again, so, so it all really kind of depends on, on, on how you think of it. Like, yeah, yeah there, there were some, some botches. It probably wasn't the best match in the card. Cause there were amazing matches on this card. <laughs> so like it's it's hard to think, but I gave it a five. I would if I was gonna do the rankings, I'd give it a five just because try to look at it and not in comparison to the other matches on the card. At least I do. I, I think on its own, this was a super, super match. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't compare it. There there are probably like a lot of variables that would go into it. And you know, I've never really thought about like rating matches on a star system myself personally. But um for me it's it's gotta check a few boxes. So then, like you said, uh, it definitely helped that this wasn't like the first match between the two. It was, you know, the third in the series, you know, so they were able to to play up drama based off the previous matches, which was very important, you know, in one of those spots, you know, that towel spot, which is really good, really good to bring the drama. So and, you know, like, I guess it's subjective as far as the moves, because as far as me watching the match, like I didn't really notice anything like that was like, oh, that was bad. That looked like it, it wasn't supposed to happen. Everything looked like it flowed like very well. So I guess yeah. it's just, you know, a, a subjective opinion to, you know, a particular, you know, wrestler style. I didn't notice anything bad per se, like to me. So, you know, like I said, you know, four and a half to five stars. Like, I, I don't know, like what more these guys could have done here to be like, you know, what more could they have given you? Like they, they told a hell of a story in this. Yeah, attack. which is, which is crazy considering like, since they're they're doing an NXT UK, I think it was a pretty safe bet that Mustache Mountain was not going to win this one because they were gonna they're gonna win in NXT UK. They're gonna be yeah. like the premier ones there. Lynchpins, so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So it was uh, again. It maybe we're too smart now that like we know about all these other things. Like if we didn't know that, it might have been more even more dramatic. But yeah. like because we know that and we we can assume that they weren't going to get it, maybe that detracted slightly or whatever but i still thought an am- amazingly entertaining match and like this one it 
it, it better be on like the next NXT greatest <laughs> matches of whatever DVD set that put together because it was a hell of a match. This whole just about this whole pay per view could have been on on that really. Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah! We always say it. Like we said, it always seems like these things get better and better. I don't know how they top it, you know. Like, and it just seems like, um, you know, like I think we probably mentioned it before, like how NXT seems to be like a super indie, like in a way, and I think that's also what helps the brand is that they kind of let them kind of have those type of matches because you don't see these matches on the main roster and, or even on the main roster pay-per-views. Um, you could see it here and there, but um, they just really let these guys go here. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, for some reason you just don't see that like on the main roster, the guys don't get that same type of push or that yeah. same type of leeway in the matches, it seems, you know, so like you said, it seems like every guy, you know, every match here is like out to steal the show, you know? Yep. So the next one up was EC3 versus the Velveteen Dream. So cool little feud between these guys. I believe it started also at the uh, NXT UK Championship Tournament tapings where uh, EC3 and the Velveteen Dream were a team against Aleister Black and Ricochet, which they lost that tag team match because the Dream left EC3 hanging, uh, which left them susceptible to a black mask from Aleister Black. So these guys were kind of NXT TV kind of going back and forth a little bit. They had a little poolside vignette, (laughs) which was kind of funny. You know, again, stuff that we don't really see too much of on the main roster, you know, kind of getting storyline there. So this was a pretty good match, I thought, also. But, you know, after that first match, I felt like it kind of didn't live up. So I thought it was funny because Dream came out wearing tights that said, call me up, Vince. (laughs) (laughs) And just is hilarious, but so perfect to his character like that that's exactly what the kind of stuff his character would do so i think it's his his understanding of who of who (laughs) velveteen dream is Mm -hmm. is 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 really really good yeah and then again this guy being so young like he's so like into that character he plays it so well and and you know and he's solid like you could know he's just gonna keep getting better and better as far as like the performance in the ring and his moves you know you could tell he's still got that little bit of greenness in him but just as far as like the character like the character is fucking over you know what i'm saying so this yeah. i feel like it is a character that could get over on the main roster as long as they have a push and a plan for him like they just can't call him up just to kind of call him up and have just another guy on the roster you need to do something with him you know yeah i was um i was surprised i said it before i think again w- with you is that if they do or when they do call him up they're gonna need to update that character because that Velveteen Dream is never going to go over well with the the main roster crowd. But the more I see him in it, like the more I love it. And the more I could see it working, but they're going to have to do some work, I think. They can't just let him go cuz it'll be it'll be like No Way Jose, it'll be like Adam Rose and mm-hmm. all that where they have this huge they're hugely popular and have this great gimmick going, but without any sort of explanation, like it's just not going to get over. Though I yeah. think he, he he is so good with this character that I can see him doing it. And hopefully there's enough recognition there because he was on Tough Enough that mm-hmm. people will be like, well, let me see what this is all about. Let's, let's give it a shot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they'll be like a little bit more invested. That's, you know, I, like- I'm really hoping so because I love <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, so these guys, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job. The match, it seemed like it was a little bit hard hitting. Oh, even though it seemed like they lost the crowd a little bit, the crowd just maybe it was just because of all the excitement from the first match just didn't seem like they had that same type of fire. I think um, that's it. And I think it's it's because you go from such 
high flying action again not high flying but some some uh, from such fast moving action in the first match to this where they're two they're big dudes mm-hmm. and um and they they just don't move as quickly and they nor should you expect them to really um <laughs> and like even though like we we've seen in in the in the dream ricochet match like dream can do some of those moves like yeah. slightly slower than ricochet can but <laughs> can still do them like it shouldn't be expected that he can do all those kinds of things so just the style of this match was it was probably closer to what you can expect on a main roster pay-per-view or just a main roster kind of a match and i think mm-hmm. that that is due in part to um i think that dream matches up really well with whatever whoever his opponent is and can kind of match the styles to, to theirs. Mm-hmm. And so EC3, even though I think, I think he's, he's really does really good with his character and all that. I've never really liked him as a wrestler because mm-hmm. like, he's, he's very much old school WWE kind of w- what Vince is, is looking for. And kind of yep. when TNA was kind of floundering a little bit, like he, he, he helped give them character, but that's, he's, he's a slower wrestler and he, but he's a great character. He doesn't mm-hmm. do the things that like your ricochets can do, your your Adam Coles and all yeah. that kind of stuff. He doesn't doesn't wrestle like that. And I think that is just kind of because Dream kind of can morph and match up to that. Mm-hmm. I think just overall the, it slowed the the kind of momentum of the pay per view down. But it wasn't that it was a bad match. It just was a slower match and didn't have wall to wall spots. I think it, they they certainly they, they came a point where like the, the the first half was was kind of funnier stuff because they're both they're both characters and then as it got it as, as it kind of progressed on it got crazy again also like they were doing some crazy stuff towards the end yep. um but it's just that that's probably when the crowd got back into it it's just leading up to it it's it they, they weren't really uh as as into it as they were in the last match exactly yeah exactly and then i also think like it's kind of like weird the dynamic also because you know both of these guys are generally kind of like heels oh yeah they're they're portrayed as both heels yeah yeah you know so it's kind of like okay who do you cheer for here and i think i guess maybe they were kind of like playing ec3 in that baby face role but like i don't really have like a reason to cheer him you know what i'm saying like so that dude that dude's a heel like he he needs to be a heel and they were kind of booking him as kind of face ish Mm -hmm. um and and which is a little weird it, it maybe worry that they don't know like how to use that character or at mm-hmm. least they need to get him in a, in a in a better feud but but kind of the i guess part of the issue is that the i'm better than than you guys kind of shtick is mm-hmm. taking taken up by undisputed era and their their i'm better than you is is talent and 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 the ec3 character is like that he's the one percenter and all that like and he's a better person than you so maybe they didn't want to kind of do that again even though it's from a slightly different angle i don't know but um i was actually a little bit surprised that even though i wanted dream to win this because i think even though i think he is even in loss still still over like even if he were to have lost it would have been it would have been fine i'm glad he got a win but I'm surprised that that it was at the expense of EC3. Not that I like EC3 better, but I thought that they were trying to push him. Exactly. Um, so I was a little bit surprised, pleasantly surprised, I guess is probably the the best way to say it. But that does make me wonder if they're gonna if they're gonna call up EC3 now because of that. Yeah, yeah, because they actually sometimes they do do call ups around this time of year. So um, I mean, we didn't see any on Raw or SmackDown, which I think is when they 
did it last year. Yeah. Uh, usually after SummerSlam. So maybe they're going to wait before they pull the trigger on any of these guys. But yeah, it's just, yeah, weird. Cause like you said, because EC3 being one of the new guys coming in earlier in the year, like with Ricochet, um, you figured he would kind of get like his own push and not be kind of derailed in any way. And you definitely, you know, Dream is on the up you know, on the, on the rise in NXT, you know, who knows, maybe they will call him up or maybe they'll wait till, you know, after WrestleMania. But, um, I kind of feel like they might continue this with these guys and maybe pair them up in some way just to kind of get a little bit more story out of it. You know, I think they'd actually be a good team together. So I think they, they do have good chemistry as again, both being heels and like both being better than, than you kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can see that actually. So if they do kind of put him in the tag team, I, I, I can see that working though. Again, I know I am nervous. I shouldn't say, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but now I'm wondering if they will call up EC3 because he is better suited in his, and with his character as it is now for the mm-hmm. main roster. Like this is like, he, he's, he'd be good on raw. So yeah. I have to say, even though I think raw is in general, fairly boring lately because there's so much emphasis on characters and trying to push these long-term storylines. But like he's he's more storyline than wrestler if you ask me yeah yeah he probably would be a good fit on raw because they i think they they need some heels man like when you look up and down their roster especially in regards i mean we'll get into SummerSlam and and a couple of the the results of those matches but it seems like they're lacking like in in heels like in a way so they might either need to turn some faces or or call some people up you know i think raw in general is lacking just in general yeah Yeah. (laughs) so uh so yeah dream did get the win here he got a he had a cartwheel dream valley driver on the ring apron and then followed it up with his elbow drop which is uh yeah that was that was crazy he hit the elbow drop on the ring apron also yeah uh, both of those spots i mean again you you and i talked it is legitimately like that is the the worst part of the mat to land on and get good on ec3 for for taking that dream valley driver and and the uh what do they call it? The purple rainmaker, whatever the, the elbow. Yeah. Like, like taking both of those on, on the apron, like yikes. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Yeah, you de- definitely both guys uh feel that. Probably even uh the dream more than maybe EC three, because EC EC three taking the Death Valley driver, but then he's already on the mat for the uh for the elbow drop. That's so, true. Um, that's a that's a big elbow drop. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, because that's a big dude. Dream's a big dude. So, so he got the win there. The crowd seemed happy. You know, they seemed to be. Everyone loves the dream, man. Dream. Yeah, man. He was over. It's over in Brooklyn. <laughs> 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 All right, man. This next match in fucking incredible. This uh, next match was for the NXT North American Championship. The champion Adam Cole representing the Undisputed Era versus Ricochet. So this match was set up because uh, Ricochet confronted Adam Cole after he had a match with, uh, I believe, Sean Maluda on an episode of NXT TV, challenged Cole for the title. Cole refused, and they eventually was scheduled to be put in the match by William Regal. And I know on the last couple of, either on the last episode or episode before, Ricochet was attacked before a match by the Undisputed Era, so he didn't get to compete. So it set up this match for TakeOver Brooklyn. And man, these dudes killed it. They what absolutely a match, killed it. It was man. incredible. 
Yeah, just the the back and forth, the crowd on the edge of their seat from like beginning to end. Ricochet kind of coming in and like learning that WWE style. I think uh, TJ also brought it up in the rock and wrestling group. Like it's been almost like a blessing in disguise for him, you know, because he's able to still utilize all the impressive high flying maneuvers, but toning the style down a bit to be able to, you know, sell a little bit more and, and tell a little bit more of a story in these matches. So moves like that mean more. Yeah, um, that's, that, that's that's a big thing, I think. Like, yeah. when you go from, like, his indie stuff, like, Ricochet, Will Ospreay, it's wall-to-wall spots and the most insane spots you'll ever see. But there's not much story. And, like, and I love that match. Like, the, the, like they're, they're kind of dream match against each other when, mm. when they do them. Because it's, like it's like a YouTube highlight reel. Like, the whole yeah. thing, it, it's incredible. But, like, in order, I think in order to, to really kind of get him over with, with the crowd, you need to be able to tell a story. And, and I think... Just like TJ said, like he's he's legit learning how to do that, and it it's in matches like this, an in fucking incredible match. Yeah, but like it's it's because they they were able to to tell the story again that through through the it's weird to say through the physicality that they were doing there, and just like with the the previous undisputed era match, like their styles were very different. Like Ricochet, as we know now, legitimately very, very much a high flyer, and mm-hmm. and um, and Adam Cole was just not having any of it. The whole his whole thing is that no, 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 no. You want to try doing that? I, I, I can stop you. Yeah. And he did. He was, and the whole the whole match was was that. Like it was it was Adam Adam Cole grounding Ricochet's crazy moves that he was doing, and and even when Ricochet would do them, like he'd be able to evade him. He was always one step ahead. Yeah. Like it was it was such. Uh, such a good match just the 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 ring psychology of the whole thing and considering there wasn't really too much build-up feud wise like it Mm -hmm. was just all told in the match like it was it was great yeah 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 just you know ricochet going for the title just feeling like you know adam cole wasn't a good representative of of being the champion uh and it kind of did have that build up like lead in in a way because in the in the very first match for the north american championship that ladder match in uh takeover new orleans um, yeah ricochet was was the one that was about to grab the belt and it was it was adam cole that threw him off the ladder and he won the match you know what i'm saying so that was a nice little kind of you know leading into this and uh you know and ricochet you know they did kind of extend it a little bit because due to his high risk style i believe he was injured kind of coming into this uh he he was basically left off house shows for a bit and and even though it looked like he was going to come out for the match and they jumped him that was just basically just kind of to have him come out so you could see him but they were intending for him to rest up for this match because i think he missed like a dive on the outside during the the uk tournament tapings and and he tweaked his shoulders actually it was before that event so he worked that event in the tag team match but it was noted that he was hurt so they were kind of giving him some time to heal up you know for this takeover match so looks like he's good to go yeah man because you don't you don't hear about that on the main roster as much like they don't they they don't really give them time to to heal up they just keep working until they they can't put it off anymore and then they have to drop their title or whatever it is in order to to kind of uh get the surgery they need or whatever it might be yeah thankfully it wasn't anything like serious where i guess he needed like surgery but i guess he was just rehabbing and just you know making sure that uh that he was good to go 
And again, we just spoke about the high risk style and, you know, how he doesn't need to take as many risks or at least, you know, tell a better story in the matches. So like moves, the big moves like that, when you do them, like mean more. So, yeah. you know, just you could just reel it back a little bit and and still kind of get over without having to do as much. You know what I'm saying? I think Jericho told a story like that before, like and he tries to tell like the younger guys like in the indies, just like Ricochet and, and Will Ospreay and, and a lot of other guys that still work that type of style. Like it's like, hey, you don't have to do so much, you know, but these guys are trying to get known trying to get their name out there. So, you know, I could understand why they do it as well. But, you know, when you go so high risk, high risk like that, you know, just the high risk of injury, but then you also give other guys a hard act to follow as well. So. Like this, again, we, I've said it already a bunch of times for, for the show and there's only, only been two matches so far, but like so many amazing spots. This one is the most amazing spots. Like it's just, it's crazy all the stuff that they did in this mm-hmm. that was just like, again, it's Ricochet's like a human highlight reel. Like you can see that guy just just go and like, so one of my favorite spots, not not my favorite, but but one of my favorite spots is, is was, was just kind of towards the end when he just kind of strolled and then and then left over the over the turnbuckle when Adam Cole was on the apron and then just <laughs> whipped out a hurricane rana. Hurricane rana. Oh yeah, that like, was really he cool. Just kinda, he just kind of strolled. He didn't springboard off of the off the top rope. Didn't slingshot <laughs> off the top rope. He just just kind of hurtled it and then landed on, on Adam go. Cole's shoulders and then just gave him a hurricane rana. It was crazy. That was really really good. Like he makes things just look like easy, you know. And I think that was a thing that was told. It was like, man, man, don't maybe just don't make things look too easy, so you could uh, <laughs> look like you're struggling, and then you know, and it draws the people in. That that was a dope spot. And then like you said, just the psychology of Adam Cole keeping the high flyer grounded you know what i'm saying every time he was trying to do something cole just had an answer for him yeah uh-huh. and, and like that just leading up to that spot like just that one particular just just specifically like it was i think the whole sequence was like adam cole went for his what's his finisher like the, the knee to the back of the head yeah and then, and then ricochet just ducked it and then gave yeah. him a reverse hurricane rana uh, in, in the middle of the mat setting him up for the the 630 and but by the time ricochet got up on the on the turnbuckle, Adam Cole like he he rolled out of the man. He's like, ah, look at me, I'm smart. Yep. I, I got out of the way." And then this yep. one, this is a quick stroll and, and the hurricane rana. So again, it's it's that that's in that's in the storytelling. That's the the ring psychology portion of it is that you let the heel character do what he does the, to be smarmy and like, "Yeah, I got this. He is, mm-hmm. See this? You got you ain't got shit on me." And then and then it makes it more impactful when the face can do something like that. Something I don't I don't know if I've seen him do that in in other matches. I'm sure he has, but I'm but I don't know if I've seen him do that before. Certainly not in not a WWE rematch. Exactly. But like it, it just it just shows how good he is and and how much more impactful that is now that there is that story with it. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, and Adam Cole plays like you said that smarmy like heel perfectly, you know? Yeah. Like it's just he's just good in general. Like uh he's one of those that I feel is like like that CM Punk like in a way where he just doesn't come across as scripted he comes across very natural like just very talented and if anything is gonna hold that dude back it's just his size basically because he just doesn't you know he's not six foot four you know and 300 pounds or 250 pounds unfortunately you know so hopefully the size doesn't hold back hold him back in any way because his talent is just incredible yeah he really is and i think the way around that because I think that is going to be an issue on the main roster, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I think the way around that is to keep him, keep Undisputed Era together and to, to kind of make them like a faction, like a team. Because like you get like Xavier Woods, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston are, are not nearly the size of, of Big E, but it works well as a unit because they have, the, the, it's, it's the numbers that they've got there. There you and, go. And, 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 
as a whole, they're they're yeah. a great unit. So I think you can do that with something with with them here like this too. You keep, you gotta keep them all together, and then you, it kind of protects them from that. That's true. That size issue, which is it shouldn't be an issue, but but it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, like I think that that'll help them that way. That's true. That's true. That would probably would be the best way to go for them because I wouldn't want them to see them like even though, you know, I like 205 Live and the matches and stuff that we get there. But, you know, that's like an island unto yeah. themselves and it's not really involved as far as like the bigger happenings in WWE. So oh, I would be very them. sad if, if they put any of if them. They were relegated. Yeah. Just to that show. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, I love the Cruiserweight stuff, but I would be very yeah. sad because <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Cause I would like to see those guys just to switch it up, like have them mix it up with guys on the main roster like aj and joe and guys like that you know like, yeah, this would be held the hell of a match match yeah exactly but we didn't even talk about the best spot the, yeah the, man the, the freaking moonsault the moonsault yes. to the super kick that was so that was good. incredible and and you you did mention it last time like ricochet has such control over his body like he, he can i don't know how you practice that spot i don't know how you the, the timing of that is just it's it's pinpoint like everything had to be perfect for that but it was perfect and perfect and yeah. just like you said it, it's what made it even better was the story that they tell that they were they were telling in it because seconds before that the spot was like i think like i believe ricochet just did a slingshot like he tried to do a slingshot off of the ropes into the the mat and then adam cole went for a super kick which ricochet caught and blocked yep. mm-hmm. and and then and then kind of clocked him and then went for like he he clocked adam cole and then he went for the lion salt and then like be, because they they had that 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 pre that preamble part where Adam Cole tried the super kick and it, and it failed and oh now Ricochet's got us he he's got he's got your number yeah and then we tried that that moonsault and then just got super kicked in the head mid air when he was upside down it's that was insane it was in, an insane spot but even better within the match like it, yep. it, it's it's crazy to think that they would do something like that and they did it so well. Yeah, that perfect, just perfect execution. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just have to have talent to pull something off like that live, one shot, one take, you know? And then he, you know, loved that he didn't really, like, celebrate. Like, he picked them up and immediately hit another move for to try to get the one, two, three. Yeah, um, yeah. Which exactly. was which was awesome, you know what I'm saying, and and and, and Ricochet kicked out, you know what I'm saying, and then you see the emotion like in his face, like what the hell, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's that again, that also just goes into them telling that story, you know what I'm saying, with their emotions, with the moves, but also with their expressions and the emotions in their face, like that was so so freaking good. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Yeah, and then like you said, you know the way they kind of ended, where uh, Ricochet wants to hit the six thirty, you know Cole rolls out, you know Ricochet. <laughs> So, you know, just running, like you said, casually just kind of hopped over the top rope <laughs> to hit the Frankensteiner and then uh, threw him back into the ring for the 630. And that move is just like you saw how they just kept replaying it and replaying it and slow motion. And it's incredible. Incredible. Man. Man. Like, <laughs> like that, I can't believe it. Yeah. Like that. That worries me. Like, I hope like like he doesn't. That's not I feel I don't feel like that's a movie I said do all the time, like save it for the special occasions. But man, that shit is uh, fucking impressive. Yeah. yeah. I, I I would I would venture that they won't let him do it all the time. It'll mm-hmm. be just like the maybe just on pay per views or hopefully it won't be on every pay per view because like I think it's a it's a scary enough spot that like with with WWE and that whole thing with like, with all the concussions and then mm-hmm. and then potential neck injuries and all that kind of stuff like that one is close like that one that one could 
very well go wrong very easily, even though in his hands, like that guy, Ricochet can do whatever he needs to do. But yeah. like, I, I hope that they still let him do it. But like you said, I hope that they don't, that he doesn't feel the need to do it all the time. Cause that guy's got moves for days. Like that guy could do anything. Exactly. So he doesn't need to just rely on that. It's almost like, I almost kind of feel bad for AJ cause that guy has so many moves, but because he's main roster now, he kind of hit his, what's his finisher now? The, the, the phenomenal forearm, which is like one of his weakest moves ever, and, <laughs> and I and I would venture guess that that was never intended to be his his finisher, but because it got so over with the fans right away, mm-hmm. yeah. that's now his finisher. That like they, I almost feel bad for AJ because he can do so many other things that yeah. that like he's relegated to the kind of the what was it five move John whatever like John Cena's like five moves that he always has like yeah they, they, fans now expect that there's going to be kind of a sequence of moves that everyone does because it's their it's their signatures they, they have to have that I want to see him do the forearm I, I want to see mm-hmm. the, the, I want to see Seth do I don't know the the ripcord knee or whatever they could call him that thing now and like it's it's they everyone's got to have their their signatures that they have to do exactly like they're just trained like we're just trained like to see that like in the match you know and yeah and you know the, the thing with the forearm with aj is that probably it's like a finisher that he could hit like on anybody even if it's a bigger guy yeah uh, and then like you said it is kind of you know like toned down on that main roster because even in his match with joe they pulled out like a phenomenal match but we know that they're capable of you know so much more than that and yeah. even the 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 20 25 minutes that they gave us at SummerSlam was good but I know they're capable of more and you know it looks like we're going to be getting more I don't know which is yeah good. that's yeah. a uh, yeah we'll talk about that when we get there we yeah. should we should <laughs> this will be like a, a 4 hour episode <laughs> yeah so uh all right yeah so Ricochet got the win there he won his first championship in NXT so looking forward to seeing more from that guy yeah and, definitely uh, he's a that that dude's future is very very bright Yep. And the fact that they put a belt on him already, that's it's a good sign. Yep, special talent. All right, next up was for the NXT Women's Championship. Shayna Baszler, the champion, versus Kyrie Sane. You know, this, this chick, like, I, I like her, but the pirate gimmick, like, annoys <laughs> me. Like, it's just, <laughs> I feel like it's too over the top and too gimmicky. Like, yeah, I feel it's like- very anime, isn't it? Like, that, that, yeah. that, that's the whole thing. I remember, I think someone, I think someone also, again, in the Rock and Wrestling group, like, they, they post... Anybody listen to this who's not in that group, join the group. Clearly you like wrestling, you should you should join that group and, and join the discussion. But I think someone said, like, I don't like the gimmicks. She's like, what, what the hell kind of a sailor is that? And all that kind of stuff. And then someone <laughs> somebody rightfully said, I don't think she's really supposed to be like a sailor, even though it's kind of sailor outfit. I think it's supposed to be more like she's an anime captain. And I'm pretty sure that that is indeed the... The intent is that she's very anime-ish based on her like her posing and all that yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But once she once that bell rings, she can go. I think that's 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 kind of the whole point of that character. But yeah. yes, I, I understand. Like I'm not crazy about the gimmick either, but I lo- that that girl can wrestle, man. That, yeah. that <laughs> she has got some that elbow drop alone made me love her. And then it's good to see, especially in a match like this, that she can do more than just kind of the gimmicky stuff. Like she can she can really go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She proved herself here, like, for anybody that wasn't sold on her abilities and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Like Shayna. <laughs> she yeah. wasn't sold on her abilities. Yeah. G- you know, gimmick aside and stuff, you know, she earned a match by uh, beating Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae in a triple threat match. And I think this is also like a kind of like a rematch from last year's uh, May Young Classic finals, right? It was them two yeah. in the finals, mm-hmm. uh, which Sane actually beat Baszler. And they were just building it up because, you know, the way Baszler has been so dominant, like in the division 
division and almost like a completely different, you know, wrestler from last year when these two faced off, they were kind of just throwing the question out there is like, can Sane be Baszler still just because of how brutal she's been? Sane was able to show like a nice little, you know, mean streak here, which Baszler, you know, accused her of not having. And man, they, you know, they went at it. This was pretty good, you know, back and forth and stuff like that. Uh, I thought Baszler was going to get the win. Honestly, I didn't think Sane was going to take it here. And, um, you know, she surprised her kind of like with a counter into a roll up and she got the one, two, three. So like, I'm wondering if they have uh, some plans to maybe, you know, move up Baszler or maybe that's why she lost the belt here. I'm thinking uh, that too. I think, uh, yeah. um, I think it's a little soon, but I think because of evolution coming, I think mm-hmm. that's the plan. Um, Cause I mean, I can, the, the other three of the four, like horsewomen, uh, the UFC horsewomen were like in the audience watching this match yep. and all that kind of stuff. So I can see them pushing it. I think it's too soon, but I can see it happening. Yep. Yeah. I think they're going to try to fast track that. Cause I know the other two girls are training and, you know, I don't, haven't heard like any kind of like updates on their progress, but they're kind of giving them these little winks and nods like on TV as they have been already. They're probably, you know, moving along pretty well, or at least well enough where they feel like they could probably move forward with this type of storyline. So, yeah. Well, um, like I, even though I prefer, like, I, I like saying quite a bit. I'm, I, I'm glad she won. Like this is the way I would have wanted it to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I am still surprised that that they it was again at the at the at the because now 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 Baszler lost unless she's going to the main roster like I don't really unless they're gonna do a feud I don't know if they can do this feud anymore really because this was kind of the culmination of that to show that she does have that aggression that Sane has that aggression and I think what they're gonna try to do I can see them doing like I think the Mae Young Classic is before Evolution right I think that's when they're gonna air it. Yeah, they're going to start episodes that you could start streaming September 5th and the finals take place at Evolution. Oh, okay. So I I can see, like, because they, they signed Io Shirai, which is another Japanese, uh, uh, another Japanese, like, superstar, female superstar wrestler. Mm-hmm. I can see them setting up the Kairi Sane, Io Shirai match. Like, I can see them doing that because I okay. think that would be great on, on Evolution. And then that would also allow Baszler to kind of hook up with, with uh with ronda rousey and, and kind of the, and then and do that four horse women thing i i can i can see that like i haven't figured it all out in my head but mm-hmm. i can see that happening on the show and i think it, it kind of makes sense certainly would make sense in like the wwe's eyes like I, I can see vince being like yeah that's what we should do so i i can see them going that direction with it see now that you brought that up that does kind of make sense like as to why shana lost here but then they did well, we'll get to it. They did the whole thing with Becky, you know what I'm saying? Still, so, it's yeah. like, man, unless they, could, yeah, unless they set that aside or, or that just might be like another piece of intrigue, like leading into the match. Like, hey, they have to get along because they got to take care of these girls, you know? Yeah, that's true. If they do the the four horsemen versus four horsemen, she's Becky's one of them. So, yeah, they have her as a as a heel now. Which I think is kind of a shame. I think, I think Charlotte's a better heel than Becky. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, Kyrie saying here won the title. So congrats to her. We'll see uh, what direction they kind of go with the the women's division now. Um, there's a lot of women like now on the roster, like a lot of new ones that are kind of coming up. So yeah, um, hopefully they do something good with them because <laughs> there's yeah. been a lot of NXT women call ups that sucked. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right now. 
but even just on NXT, like themselves, like, you know, we got Bianca Belair and I think like Lacey Evans and a few Vanessa Bourne. Like there's a few like girls now on the, on the NXT TV that are getting like a spotlight. So it's, it's yeah. just like we got a new crop. So I'm just interested to see like who's yeah. who's going to pull to the top right there. Plus, so. you get, plus with, with Mae Young Classic too, like there's going to be more signings oh, out of that yeah. too. So it's going to be even more. And like, I, I hope it's for more than just... We have evolution coming, so we got to get more women in, so we can have a full pay per view, all women. Like, I hope, hopefully, they're giving them a, a legit chance to to stick around in the roster. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, the main event of the show for the NXT Championship: Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Like, man, I didn't think they'd be able to top the last two, but it seems like <laughs> this one was just it's just as brutal, just as on par with you know their earlier battles. Uh, very reminiscent, I feel like, of the last one uh, that was at a uh, Chicago too, right? Takeover yeah. Chicago, the, the street fight. Yeah, just oof, just brutal. Just because this was the last. Standing match. So, um, on the July 25th episode of NXT, Champa defeated Black due to interference from Johnny Gargano. He accidentally hit Alistair Black with the NXT title while he was trying to prevent Tommaso from winning. So he actually helped them win the title. So the, the following week, they had a confrontation. Gargano and Black, they had a match set up. Tommaso interfered in that. I believe there was a rematch uh, for the title. Tommaso and Black one-on-one, which Johnny Gargano interfered. So William Regal decided just to put them in a triple threat match. But unfortunately, during like a house show, Alistair Black got injured. So they filmed a v- vignette of uh, Alistair Black. It's kind of cool how they did it because they set up a lot of people that could be suspects because we saw Johnny Gargano. We saw the Undisputed Era. There was more people. I can't. I don't even remember everybody, but there was actually a few people on the roster that we saw. I think Heavy Machinery were there. So they kind of set up like a who done it, and we saw Alistair Black laid out. And, yeah. um, well, as obvious, Rikishi did it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> so funny. Did it for The Rock. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah. So, Alistair Black is basically taken out of the equation. He's injured. Don't know how long he's going to have to be on the shelf. But he sustained some type of groin injury uh, that I think he needed surgery on. So, this was basically made a one-on-one match as a last man standing to... I don't know if this really settled anything, but just another brutal match between these guys. They just hitting each other with everything they had excellent match like i feel like these guys just a hell of a match and yeah like it's like you said i i I didn't go in expecting like how can they beat the last two matches that they had and also how can they beat some of the other matches on this card because this card has been incredible so far Mm -hmm. and yet they they managed to do both like it's it's crazy like this was just there was just so much like raw emotion in in this match and and the the things that they did i don't know how they they continue to make like it like it innovative ways to to beat the shit out of each other like it's crazy mm-hmm. like it's, it it doesn't seem stale even though i typically do not like a last man standing match i usually find them pretty boring because really all i really know them from are like a wwe like main roster match so you get like the, the rock versus mankind or something mm-hmm. like that and, and mm-hmm. i quit match or last man standing match or even an ecw back in the day those are the ones that that it, in a highlight reel you can get some amazing like a 10 an amazing 10 minute highlight reel but the match itself ultimately is like 45 
50 minutes because they're just rocking around the in the crowd trying to yeah. do what they can like so i mm-hmm. find them typically pretty boring but all this stuff even even things that were like we saw them try to do in the last match and, and, and that kind of stuff still felt fresh because it ultimately executed differently even though the setup was the same like so mm-hmm. it was crazy like the stuff that they did that like i can't believe they did that like so they they, they pull up like the, the, they pull up the canvas or they'll, they'll pull up the mats or whatever they'll, they'll, they'll set up chairs in the corner and stuff like that stuff That's that they did in the last one but like they executed them all completely differently in like, a different yeah in a different way and and because of like you said even earlier in the match with the the tag team match with mustache mountain because of the previous matches between these guys and the history yeah. they were able to call back some of those spots and then you're like oh no 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 is he gonna catch him he's gonna catch him and then they're able to kind of go in a different direction you know like really really freaking good man no yeah it was that- just so well done these two like it's it's crazy i i want to see him on the main roster just for their success and i would love to see them like spice up the shows but this is so good like i almost don't want them to i don't want him to go <laughs> yeah yeah because we're not going to get this on the main roster like there's no, no there's no way they're going to let these guys go like it's that the, you know the thing. like the, mm-hmm. i don't know when the last time they had these kind of these kinds of matches like this where it was this innovatively brutal like like I, when I don't think I've ever seen in in recent years where anyone has pulled up the canvas on the main roster show, nope. pulled up the mats and and, and exposed the concrete in a main roster show, like none of that stuff. Like have I seen? Like I've certainly never seen a, a lawn dart into a chair. Like that, that's crazy. <laughs> nope. And then when he did his, uh, he did the butterfly kind of like pedigree into the ring steps on the outside. Oh yeah, like that, um, that face plant thing. Like yeah, it was, it, it so was, it was just, just like so much, so many amazing spots in this. But like we said, there was so much story to this that made it so much more, so much ring psychology. Everything about this was just oozing, like just, just, just this hatred for each other. And it's, it's crazy because like they, they were just storyline with kayfabe wise. Like they were such good friends. They were brothers and, yep, and, and DIY and, and all that kind of stuff. And then just kind of just in, in real life, like they're, they're, they're legit like buddies and all that kind of stuff. And I was, I was reading that people like everybody, like they, they consider the two of them to be kind of leaders in the locker room and are the first ones there, the two of them together to, if someone gets injured, they're there to try to help out. They're there to help kind of coach and groom younger, younger talent and all that. And like, it's crazy nice. that they're able to do this kind of stuff, these kinds of matches when like they they are legitimately like like brothers in real life it's crazy yeah. to me yeah well i think that helps probably with the chemistry to be able to do stuff like this because then the trust is there with each other they're trusting each other with their bodies <laughs> like, you know <laughs> yep you know which makes it you know seem like it's weird in that dynamic because it means like okay we're just gonna kick each other's asses better because we like each other you know so yeah. it's funny um yeah just a lot of crazy spots here like i i love the uh, the one where he um Gargano was on the outside on like by the barricade and Tommaso just came running with the chair, slammed him right through the freaking <laughs> barricade and then just throwing all the shit on top of him so he couldn't stand up. That was up. probably my favorite one. Just or I shouldn't say my favorite, but one of those that I I had never seen before, but just makes so much sense. Like yeah. cause like he was just Come on already, and that's when when you when you're you snap kind of Ken Shamrock style. You just start throwing shit on him. It's the last man standing match. Pile all the shit on him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who would do that? Yeah. Like it, it makes total sense. Makes sense. They never do that. Like I've never seen that before. And the poor, the poor like stage. I don't know what I don't know what he was. <laughs> yeah. Like the like. 
like the dude who got super kicked by Gargano mm-hmm. and then ultimately got thrown on top of Gargano by Champa just in that pylon yep. bit. Like <laughs> he got some of that shit thrown genius. right on top of him. Yep. Like it's, it's genius. And that mm-hmm. like I don't know who came up with like the storyline or or like all right these these are the spots let's try to do this let's do this and what haven't and what hasn't anyone done before a stagehand let's let's knock out a stagehand and and use him like <laughs> I don't know who came up with those ideas and I don't know like if like they're like okay last in the last match we did this let's let's do something similar where we can call back to it or if this is something that has been long term like when they started the feud we're going to hit these spots. And like, I don't know when they planned all this stuff out, but it's genius planning. Like that, that to was do good. all this, like it was the, everything about this one was just, was just genius. Like in, in so in character, like the stuff, like Gargano was, he's, he's basically, he's basically his version of snaps. Like he, he went he's from, from, from the face to like, just, just almost pulling his hair out and willing to do anything that he can to, to try to beat Champa and and Champa is just the consummate the ultimate heel in the stuff that he's been doing like that that the, there's that one bit in there and it was just in the middle of the match like so his finisher is, is the project Champa one of my favorite finishers yeah, by the way love but it yeah he, he, he lays him out three project Champa mm-hmm. and so what does he do he just sits in a in a folding chair in the middle of the ring <laughs> and watches as he's gonna do the as he's gonna get the three count like that's such a beautiful heel move. It's it's genius. Yep. And then of course, and then Gargano pops up and super kicks him off the chair. So good, like just <laughs> so good. Yeah, man. Yeah, these these two just incredible back and forth match. And then, like you said, just because of the way Gargano has snapped because of his hatred, you know, this hatred that he's feeling towards Champa, it came back to bite him like yeah. in the ass, like in the, at the end of the match. You know, the it's the handcuffs. A smart way to do it. Like, so yeah. they can still keep it going now. Like. Like it, it was, it was just so smartly it was, done. It was good. It was good the way they did it because it, it, it was kind of funny because it was almost like it seemed like he was going to give Champa a chance real quick. Like they, they pulled out the handcuffs. You know, they're going back and forth with that. They walk up to the ramp. And then a sort of Gargano handcuffs him to whatever, you know, that thing was on the stage. Some scaffolding, something. Yeah. So, you know, Champa does have enough, like, leverage to be able to stand. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because, you know, you know, Gargano's about to fuck him up. And so Gargano, like, kind of gave him a chance to catch, like, the 10 count without catching any more damage. And, and Champa stood up. Yep. And, then he's like, and then he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then that's when, <laughs> you know, Johnny Wrestling realized he's like, man, yep, no, I got to do it. I got to put him away. And then he smashes him with that running knee. But then in doing so, ran into the production equipment. And then, you know, he himself just like couldn't up answer the 10 count. Yep, he couldn't answer the referee's count of 10. And Champa did basically what he did earlier in the match, which is kind of just roll off the stage to his feet before the count of 10. So he was able to just retain the title. Just beautifully executed match, smartly like, executed. Yeah. It's just genius. Like, so much of that stuff, like, just the... It's the foresight in when they were creating the match. I think that was just so good because there were so many little things that, like, when they would do when they were DIY and they would do like the, their their running finisher, like so, Champa would always do the knee, the running knee, and then and then Gargano would do the super kick, and yeah. then they would they would do that. So when he when he first had when Gargano first had Champa like up against the I think it was against the LEDs at that point, or I don't remember, but he was just mm-hmm. super kick after super kick against <laughs> against that wall, <laughs> and then like when when he got when he, when he snapped at the end, he he did. Champa's move, like he pulled off the 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 knee the knee brace, and yep. then they went to use his own move against him. Like so, so already like he he 
He snapped and, and handcuffed him, and then he went to ultimately to use Gargano or to to use Champa's move against him to put him away, and it was kind of that that hubris that did it because he did it and did stuff that was so out of character. He ended up not only like fucking himself up so that he couldn't stand up, but because he put the the handcuffs on Champa. Like then Champa was able to just kind of dangle there and yep. that's why he was able to stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. so smart. And again, it was everything that like in, 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 in all essence, Gargano should have won, but like, because he went too far, like now, now that's the storyline is that yep. he has now become what he hates. And, and like, it was just this genius, like yeah. everything about it for a match style that I normally hate. <laughs> like it was just so well done. Made you a fan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. I, it made me a fan of these guys. I'll let these guys do another match like this. No problem. I don't yeah. want to see Velveteen Dream and EC3. <laughs> that will be an hour and a half long. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, these guys, uh, they killed it, man. They killed it. And, you know, just uh, the pay per view overall. Solid, just, solid I, stuff. Yeah. I, I would just give it five stars overall, just as yeah, much no as I enjoyed it. You know, especially, you know, we gave, uh, what was it, Extreme Rules got kind of like that middle of the road 2.53 star rating. They killed it here. They absolutely killed it and, and left, you know, SummerSlam with a lot to live up to. You know, <laughs> as is usually the case. With yeah. The- SummerSlam, you know, I was like, man, there's a lot of rematches on this card. Uh, you know, surprisingly, you know, you would think like, you know, for the event that's supposed to be the biggest, second biggest event on their calendar, you know, just after WrestleMania. I was expecting to see kind of like fresher matches and stuff like that, but they did surprise me. It was even- surprisingly entertaining. I-, I thought I was, I was dreading is not the right word, but when there was, it was already going to be like a five hour pay-per-view plus the yep. pre-show. And there were so so many matches i'm like what is going on but dude a lot of matches as i was going through taking notes i'm like Yo, this is a lot of fucking matches <laughs> this is a lot yeah that was the joke is like whenever they like the reason there was like a, a two-hour pre-show and why they only had three like 10 minute matches was because they were just going over the card like yeah. <laughs> because it's so many matches exactly exactly you know and, and you know when you add those pre-show matches into it it's just it's a it's a lot to take in you know especially if you're there in the live crowd like it's it's cool to give people like a lot of the content a lot of wrestling and again it's it's again their second biggest event on the calendar so i i understand like the length and all and everything but man sometimes these shows are tough just because of how long they are you know especially like if you were there in the audience this one was a pretty like i've heard it described this way and i guess it's kind of true like it's a pretty pandering kind of a of a pay-per-view this time like a lot of the stuff that they did and that actually happened was clearly like for the fans like they 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 did it 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 was almost to the detriment like of them because it like kind of came out of nowhere but definitely made the fans happy at the time <laughs> yeah yeah uh that definitely seemed to be like a lot of like happy endings to this one yeah um, yeah exactly you know, exactly yeah it was it was cool some unexpected things like to see we had a you know a couple of unexpected squash matches and stuff like that it just yeah, there were a lot of squash matches yeah surprising that i was not expecting you know, but, so but, um, I think cool. they were just like I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, they, I think they were just probably trying to do something different and other than what you would expect. You know, so um, you know we'll try to see. I guess through the course of what we discuss whether what worked for us or not so just to cover the pre-show they did have three matches and then this event also took place in the barclays center the day after nxt takeover so this is now august 19th so the three matches on the pre-show the first one was andrade cn amas poor guy it seems like he can't get off the pre-show <laughs> feel bad for him because like so talented and yeah, he is really good and like so not only is he awesome rusev is awesome mm-hmm. and they both like had 
excellent like matches recently and and now they're in the pre-show with with their female counterparts like yeah and that yeah. was clearly the 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 kind of focus of the match was on them and not 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 on rusev or or almost like i was like what the hell is going on yeah i think zelina vega surprised them i'm not sure if they actually had a plan for her to wrestle or not and i guess they you know they threw her in a match and i think that she kind of like impressed management which is why she's getting you know a bit more opportunity in the ring which is cool because we didn't you know see her in any matches while they were in nxt yeah so it's kind of cool to see this like now on the main roster and um i think again you know as talented as these guys are i think it's just victims to now that these pay-per-views even though this one is a little bit longer than their normal length of these shows now that they feature both rosters something's got to give not everybody's going to be able to make the main show so unfortunately um sometimes they're going to get the short end of the stick which it seems like andrade has been getting since he's been called up from nxt so but yeah. it, it looks like from what i've heard he's impressed management and stuff like that so you know in the future we'll, i think you know we're gonna see him get a little bit more of a push and it looks like you know we we see some of it here as they picked up the win in yeah. this um tag team match uh vega pin lana with a roll up using the ring ropes as leverage to to win the match in the end there so you know solid little pre-show match you know people were still filing into the arena this is basically just something to warm up the crowd nothing special as far as anything to speak of they just told a basic solid story so i'm saying i, just, I expect a few to continue yeah uh, what i was what i'm actually hoping is that they this was really to kind of get because it's so focused on lana and Zelina vega i'm hoping that this was kind of almost to get them get people more hyped for those two specifically again for for evolution and then I'm hoping that like they could they continue the Rusev and and Almas feud, but like just as the Rusev and Almas, because like, those two can have obviously like they, they can have a good campaign I think, mm-hmm. and because um, they're they're both really really good and they they both have closed out SmackDown episodes and then and then in the case of like Rusev he he was up against AJ I think like he he was main eventing their their last one so yeah. like so like they can both go so I, I hope that they let them go and not have to not have to have us worry about lana trying to to do rusev moves and stuff like that <laughs> yeah man she was doing copying like a lot of the mannerisms i'm like eh, it doesn't really work it doesn't really work you got to do your own thing girl yeah it's it's cool i find it funny like so it's good for the novelty of it but i don't want that to be like always yeah yeah exactly. yeah, yeah for sure and uh i noticed i don't know have you noticed that she seems like have dropped the russian accent like it, it, it comes and goes i think it's hilarious like to see oh, i wonder if she's russian today uh maybe not <laughs> <laughs> definitely the last backstage segment i saw her in i was like she did not have it at all i was like okay guess they're just going going with that now you know yeah. and i guess the the the, the most noteworthy thing given their long-term storyline was that no aiden english like uh, sh- shenanigans or antics in that match and i, I hope they, d- they don't break up rusev day because I, I i i like aiden english in that groove <laughs> yeah i did see yeah on the pre-show uh they did have a little backstage segment where aiden english said he was there to back them up and he was going to sing them a new song and they'd like brushed them off they didn't want him out there so yeah. and, and um, he didn't actually this time because lately he's been still coming in to try to help and then somehow causing lana to lose every time <laughs> yeah you know so they they lost again here so I, I think they'll continue to feud and uh hopefully they'll make a a main roster show in the future yeah because i'll i'll watch 
almost do that that back elbow, that spinning elbow anytime because it looks brutal when he does it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the next uh, matchup on the pre-show was for the Cruiserweight Championship. Cedric Alexander defending against Drew Gulag. Uh, Gulag didn't come out with any of his cohorts for this one. It was just straight up one-on-one. Good, solid Cruiserweight match between these guys. Uh, Alexander's been holding down the title since WrestleMania. So far, I think pretty much almost unbeaten so far this year he's been having a pretty incredible 2018 so yeah. he's he still picked up the victory here you know pinning gulag with a roll up to retain the title not sure if they're gonna continue this because there are some notable you know contenders starting to step up on 205 but a solid solid match between these guys and also again it, it sucks that it seems like uh these 205 guys can't get off the kickoff show yeah, that, I, I I absolutely agree. I think it was a solid match. I think those two guys are super talented, and they have very again just very different styles, but they they were able to to work that match well. And uh, I I hope two hundred five live gets some more juice going in it because yeah. I really want to see those guys get more recognition because they deserve it. Like those guys are great. Yeah, they work their asses off. Yeah, it sucks when I see these guys, and I kind of noticed it during this match. I mean, and again, it's pre-show; people still filing in, but it's just like they do these moves, and they should be getting bigger reactions. And I think it's just the way they tape it on Tuesdays after SmackDown, after you've already kind of seen all the big stars. So when you're watching 205, like you're seeing these great matches, but the crowd just isn't there; they're like already deflated, and so it's yeah. just like it just doesn't come across well on TV. Like, like I feel like they need to perform in front of a fresher crowd because they are doing i feel like a decent job with that show like I, i've started trying to you know keep up with it and drake maverick the gm on the show like you know he's there explaining the storylines and the matches and things going on and then they really try to root it like in the competition yeah um, like a, especially since they've since they've brought this new guy drake on as the gm you know what i'm saying so it's good like i kind of like what they're doing like they're trying to kind of make it like the way it was when they started the cruiserweight classic making it more about in-ring action and giving these guys time to tell a story so i think it suffers a little bit like you i remember you spoke about it like on the last show we did like how we could tend to see a lot of the same matches but they're starting to bring people up like you know we're starting to see guys like leo rush and and we're starting to see other guys get opportunities so Mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a show that i feel like it's on the rise and i'm and i'm keeping up with it more and i just you know i wish you know they would get a little bit more recognition i guess from the wwe you know themselves yeah i'm I'm, i i hope and pray that they do because uh I, I love, like I said, I, I love the cruiserweight stuff. So anything that gives them the recognition that the, that they actually do deserve, I, I think, I think is, a, is is a good thing. And I think they're they are making some good strides in trying to kind of increase that stuff, like you said, with with Drake Maverick and bringing in Leo Rush, Buddy Murphy, like and mm-hmm. all of, like they, they're getting some good talent in. So hopefully that will that will help. But I think it is it's good talent amongst being able to do good character stuff too. So I think that is definitely a good sign. Yeah, I hope uh, maybe once uh, NXT UK kind of comes off the ground, like they do a little bit of cross promotion there because uh, the cruiserweight style fits in very well with the, what they're already kind of doing in definitely. NXT and in NXT UK. So hope to see yeah. some, some crossover there. Definitely. The third match on the pre-show, pretty, you know, as much as I hate to say it about the revival, but this one was okay. Again, I hate That's the right. music now, the B team. Um, they retained <laughs> the titles here. I uh, would have liked to see Dash and Dawson, you know, take the titles and probably, you know, start to rebuild the Raw tag team division, but it seems like they're starting to, they're just going to keep on the comedy route with these guys. So That's absolutely. bugging me, man. I'm not yeah. going to lie. And and I've when, when the B team first won, 
I was actually pretty excited just because I forgot who they beat in order to in order to get the titles. But like I, I'm a big fan of Bo Dallas, and, and like I, I I was watching an old NXT like. I think it was like either greatest vo- greatest matches like volume one or whatever like DVD that 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 they have, mm-hmm. and you forget how good Bo Dallas was, man. Like he was a hell of a wrestler in NXT, and he he held the the NXT championship for two hundred plus days, like two hundred fifty yeah. days, something like that. Like he was really really good, and once he got the main roster, like he basically floundered. So oh, I was happy to see him get the success again, finally. Like that he's he's, he's picked up some belts, but like I'm tired of them always winning like there's always the fluke win like, yeah like yeah. how many times can can they have another fluke win like um it demeans the 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 belts and it demeans their achievement honestly even though they're like their backstage promos are hilarious i do find them to be quite funny but like i'm tired of it, <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, it, it you lose the legitimacy of the whole the whole tag team like roster by by doing this yeah especially who they're getting those fluke wins over like a, like yeah. multiple times you know, it was uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, and now the revival, which yeah. you know, which are like I, like I don't get it. Yeah, it's 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 weird. And then they, you know, they switched up the music. They had some really pretty, like decent music, I feel. And then they switched it up to like this whole rah rah, you know, kind of theme, which just sounds to me it's like it's so kiddy. Like it just to me, it's like they're really playing into that, you know, like PG like aspect. You know, like yeah. I, I don't know. It's just. I don't like it. The guys are talented. I just don't like what they're doing with them and this whole like thing. So I don't know. I'm not happy with the tag team division on Raw right now. But the B team, they picked up the win. And like you said, it was another flute victory uh, as Dawson attempted to pin Curtis Axel with a small package. Dallas fell onto Axel, like reversing the small package. And he got the pin on Dawson to retain the title. So that was the kickoff show. And I'm glad I kind of watched through it. I kind of usually don't watch the pre-show unless I'm home. Like I was, again, busy with NJCC stuff uh, this weekend. But uh, when I watched through this, uh, caught a backstage uh, promo that they did with Samoa Joe. And he kind of went for like three or four minutes while they were asking him questions. And he just didn't. Just didn't answer their questions. <laughs> he, like, like it was really good. Like just yeah. like like Renee, he was like, you know, Renee was like kind of like the first one to start talking to him. And he was like, oh, Renee, uh, congratulations on uh, becoming a two-income household again. And, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> Dean Ambrose just came back. And, uh, and so they each person on the pre-show panel asked him a question and it's just the way his delivery and the way he cuts the promo like on AJ and the way he was talking about just the mental aspect of of getting into his head and he's like he's like every time he's like me and you know I know AJ a long time and you know like every time AJ he you know AJ wins titles everywhere he goes and then I show up and I take those titles for a moment it's just like oh it's man. true like, though it's, it's yeah. great I like Joe is amazing I love Samoa Joe man I love me some Joe. Yeah, man. And he's had a hard road on the main roster. You know, we'll get to it um, when we get to the match. But um, that was a, a great little promo on the pre-show. So I'm glad I, I caught that because normally that's something I probably would have missed. Leading on to the main show, though, uh, we kicked off with the Intercontinental Championship. Dolph Ziggler was defending against Seth Rollins. And this the story of this was that just Seth Rollins just seemed to couldn't get over on Dolph Ziggler for the title because, you know, he's got the backup with Drew McIntyre. And they had a match to see if uh, he could ban McIntyre from ringside, but Seth Rollins didn't win that. 
And but thankfully, you know, Dean Ambrose recovering from his arm injury made it back just in time for the pay-per-view. So he was Seth Rollins back up for this match. Fans were very happy to to get Dean back. And I'm happy to have him back too. I did I did feel like something's been missing from Raw without him. So he was the backup. I thought this match was pretty good. Uh yeah, better good better match. yeah, better paced than you know the the match that they had at Extreme Rules, which was uh what was it, the Iron Man match. Just the pacing of that match, I think we discussed it, seemed like to be a little off you know, because of the crowd reaction. Yeah. <laughs> these guys they put in some work here man good fucking opener for the match and seth rollins was able to pick up the win with dean ambrose you know neutralizing the interference from mcintyre so what what do you think i thought it was a good match i, I was looking forward to this match because i do I, I like seth and i like dolph both quite a bit so i was expecting i was hoping that this was going to be a good one again better than the last one uh with the with all the countdowns the constant countdowns yeah. that they had <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I thought it was, I really did enjoy the match. Again, a lot of good spots, a lot of good wrestling in, in within the match. The reverse, like, superplex into the re- reverse, like, Falcon Arrow. Oh, thing. yeah. Like, that was, yeah, like, that it was, was really, really cool. And it looked really awesome when, when they did that. And just uh, a lot of good kind of character stuff with... Um, with uh drew galloway and uh, drew mcintyre now and uh and dean like every time drew would try to do something insane like it was like like <laughs> truly now unhinged like uh <laughs> Ambrose just come and just stare at him he'd be like okay man all right all right man i'm good i'm good I won't yeah. do anything. he looks fucking crazy right with that new haircut he got now in fact that he is jacked now yeah. like what i don't know what arm what arm injury he had that like, all of a sudden allowed him to do so much more working out. <laughs> <laughs> right. He does look a little bit bigger in the, the upper body. Yeah. yeah and I, I think it, it's good. Like before, like he would, his, most of his stuff was th- to show how crazy he is and how like lunatic he is was all his mic work, which was great. But now it's just like, he's scarier now. Now he's crazier. Cause he's not saying anything. He's just staring at you with those crazy eyes yeah. and like, well, okay, man, I'll, I'll, I'll back off. I'll back away. Don't, don't, don't worry, man. I'm good. I'm good. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so, so I like that, that it, it not only did, uh, was it, was it a good match, but they, they were still were also able to kind of progress with just the characters that weren't even involved in the match. Like at that, that's something that, that, uh, main roster guys are able to do well. Like to to have like in in NXT something that that I think that like everything's all about the the in ring action and all that kind of stuff and there's not as much uh, that that you get there's not as much character from the people that are not quite involved mm-hmm. because even even the ones that are not actually in the match still like they there's always full of antics and lots of all of those things they do and they always ultimately get involved like this was just purely character like like there there wasn't a ton of there, there was still of course some 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 action there but there wasn't a ton and mm-hmm. it was just all purely in character to 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 kind of keep them all away from the the match to let them actually do the wrestling within yeah. the ring so i thought that was pretty cool yeah and it was good and, and and that's what we actually got to see we you know the interference wasn't really there it was attempted you know what i'm saying but the the people on the outside played the roles well you know what i'm saying yeah. and when, when they tried to get involved dean we i think he pulled mcintyre off the apron right like so he slammed mm-hmm. his face into the ring apron and then it looked like dolph was setting up seth for a super kick and seth was able to just to hit his super kick first and that, then he that followed was cool it up too. With yeah. the curve stomp. yeah that was a pretty cool way to to end the match and stuff so kind of feel bad for dolph like i like 
like the push he's been getting lately because I always feel like he's been shortchanged and um, yes. I felt like the last few months he's been stepping up on Raw and uh, I like it. I like the renewed push and, you know, we got to see where they go with him because I think his contract situation is kind of like up in the air. So I'm not sure if he's planning on resigning or uh, or what, which may have been the reason for the loss here. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see uh, where that lands. That so. will be interesting. I'm, I, I think it'll all be dependent on what they decide to do with Drew. I guess if they keep them to the two of them together, I think that that'll still keep Ziggler in where he's where he should be, like kind yeah. of at the forefront. Yeah. But if they decide to give Drew a singles push, I'm worried that, like you said, that'll that'll keep Dolph kind of just out, and maybe he'll just let his contract last. I'm not too sure. But I think yeah. he's he's a great heel. Like he's he's a great worker too. Like that guy can wrestle, man. Yeah, so man. So I, I, I think they need to keep him in. He's he's one of the yeah he's one of the best. I, I yeah. think they should re-sign him and and give him some kind of guarantees. Like you know, like I feel like he's earned it. He's he's a veteran there in this company now. Like and he's one of the best performers they have in ring and on the microphone. Like I just feel like they don't utilize him to his full potential. And I and I think it is of course what we say like he's not the smallest guy but he's not the biggest either and and i've always heard backstage stories that that's kind of what's held him back so you know he has drew mcintyre who's a big solid beast looking yeah. dude as a heater so both of them together is a boon for both of them i feel like the the dynamic of them together has been working and i feel like they need to continue that yeah you know, i think they, it would be like um like when they when they did the bar or when they when it was still cesaro and Sheamus. like yeah like like when they brought those two together, even though I'm I'm a huge Cesaro Mark, that, that like I was like, why are they putting, why are they forcing him to go in the tag division? But like if they were right, man. Putting those two together got them bigger than than they ever were individually. Even though Sheamus had the title and Cesaro's had has had multiple titles and all that kind of stuff, but as as a tag team, man, those those two are more over now as a team than they ever were individually. Yep. So I think it's a uh, keeping Ziggler and uh, and and Galloway together. I think would be a good idea. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's good. It's working. It's working for me, at least. Oh, McIntyre. I keep calling you. <laughs> I keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, the next matchup was uh, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Bludgeon Brothers, Harper and Rowan defending against the New Day, which uh, I think Big E and Xavier Woods were the ones that actually were participating in the match kofi kingston was on the outside you know okay matchup they gave him a little bit of time but uh, the match ended in a disqualification where it looked like the new day were getting the upper hand and uh rowan struck woods and biggie with the mallet and the bludgeon brothers basically like laid them out so they retained the titles off the dq but new day picks up the win technically and we got some news coming out of the match that Rowan was injured and they followed this up on SmackDown with the rematch and props to, to Rowan for working the match. I, I didn't see it myself yet personally, but I heard it was pretty hard hitting match. Like, yeah. it, like it was he, a hell of a match. Like I'm good on him, man. Like yeah. it's, it's much respect for going through an even more brutal match. Like I think it was a no DQ match. Mm-hmm. Like after, after oh, being yeah. injured, like that, that's, go, right. that's, that's very, very impressive. Yeah, yeah, it just shows the dedication that some of the times these guys have um, and, you know, the, what they're willing to do just to kind of, um, you know, just have the continuity of the championships so it doesn't have to be like a like a stripped them, you know, the titles type deal. He toughed it out, man, so, you know, props yeah. to him. We won't, we won't really talk about SmackDown or anything, but I think it's, it's, it's worth noting that, like, the SmackDown match, I think, was a better match, even though mm-hmm. I enjoyed the match on, on SummerSlam. Like, there were some, some cool spots there, too, but I think just it... I thought the ending was, I didn't like the way that the SummerSlam match ended. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. like that they got the, the DQ, even though, yeah, it is kind of the character. 
a bit because they're kind of the those monster heel tag team mm. and it's using their hammers which i don't like the hammers like, yeah it's just like it's, the it's like it's triple so h's hammer because you can't yeah. use it like you're supposed to it always looks gimmicky yeah like there's no way you can make that legitimate like because you're always you always swing it the wrong way that they would swing a hammer so yeah. like it never were it never looks good but Ex- ex- and they're whatever. so big and <laughs> yeah, the, the, exactly. the hammers are so big so it doesn't even look right you could tell like the, the like the weight is not there so you could yeah. tell <laughs> <they can't make> the, <laughs> you know. but there um, was some some awesome spots in the match again like biggie is a is a very strong dude <laughs> I, I, will, I will say that he did some very impressive stuff and also like xavier woods man like we talked about um uh, about Velveteen Dream doing his elbow drop onto the apron, onto mm-hmm. EC3 on the apron. Biggie did his elbow drop onto the floor. Like it was nuts. Like he, that's insane. I would never want to do that. Like that's yeah. just, that's just, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt my hip doing this move. I mean, yeah. like it's just voluntarily like, like injuring yourself. That doesn't, it definitely doesn't feel good. That's why Mick Foley like has hip issues. You know, when he always used to do his little diving, you know, elbow drop from the ring apron to the outside, it's concrete. There's a little bit of padding there, but it's not like, you know, when you land in the ring and you get a little bit of bounce. And, and he did it just like off of the fucking turnbuckle. That's insane. But yeah. Like, yeah. But but again, good on them. Those those like they, everybody in this match worked their ass off, and and I give them all the credit. And I'm I'm glad that the Bludgeon Brothers are getting kind of getting getting their due as as, as champions because I'm a big Luke Harper fan. Like I think yeah. he's great. Me too. And um and I think that Eric Rowan has really stepped up. Like he's he's gone up to that level. Like yeah. I, I never really he was my least favorite of the Y family. Exactly mine too. Um, but he's yeah. but he is he's definitely picked up his game and uh or stepped up his game and and it really shows like those guys are doing well but ultimately i started getting tired of always squash ma- squash matches yeah. even though they were always entertaining squash matches that they did because they, they always did them somewhat differently but i still got tired of like we get it they're 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 awesome they're big yeah. monsters yeah but, uh, but i got to, a little bit tired of it when we talked about it like the the smackdown tag division is deep like they have some great tag teams that they could use so hopefully they'll they'll do more of that now that it's not just the monster tag team booking anymore exactly and you know and and probably you know now we're going to see some of these other teams get highlighted now that rowan's going to be out for a few months with the injury you got some type of bicep injury and i think they said he's probably going to be out for at least four months yeah which Um, is unfortunate hopefully they'll keep harper going in something i'm not really sure what but uh, but hopefully they'll keep him going Hopefully they'll yeah do something. And uh, now the new day are the tag champions. Now basically the whole division comes back and play to you know open division. Uh, you know as much as I love the Usos, I wouldn't want to see them going at it with the new day again. But now you know we got the bar, we got you know the club is there. You know we got some new tag teams that they can maybe uh, feature now on SmackDown. So I forgot about the club, even though I love them. <laughs> like, yeah. I forgot about them because yeah. they haven't, they haven't they wrestled haven't done, in a while. Yeah, they haven't done anything. You know, and, and again we spoke about that on the last. Uh, wrestling show we did too it's just with smackdown only having two hours they have to kind of rotate their roster not everybody could be featured you know unfortunately yeah. so all right so that was all right pretty decent you know uh, new day wins by dq technically for SummerSlam. the next match was braun Strowman defending his money in the bank contract against kevin owens and the interesting thing here was that if he lost in any way he would lose the contract you know so count out disqualification which i thought would kind of come into play here once i they yep. announced that on the stipulation but they went in a completely different direction and this turned out to be one of the squash matches on the yeah. show 
it was funny, but like I don't get it, and I and I feel bad for 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 Kevin Owens because like like he's ultimately the loser in this this whole this whole feud because basically like I I love Kevin Owens like that guy is great mm-hmm. and and I feel bad for him that ba- that a he got squashed like this but like th- this whole feud has just been Braun just kind of brutalizing him putting him through all this garbage like also literally sometimes mm-hmm. um and then they set up all these stipulations so i thought okay so since they don't want to have braun lose lose like get pinned yeah. this is how you, this is how you get the the, the briefcase off of him yep. and then he still did it like he <laughs> like so i don't understand the point of any of that at all like that that whole feud mm-hmm. i don't i don't get it like there was there literally was no point other than Kevin Owens is pretty funny. Let's let him do funny stuff. Like that that's really the only thing that happened. Yeah, I I don't like the way they've been portraying Kevin Owens in this feud with Braun Strowman cuz you know what? Like he's been playing the chicken shit heel, but he was never playing the chicken shit heel before. He was always kind of a little bit more of a badass heel. Yeah. Where, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the prize fighter, he went out to the ring, he kicked ass, he won matches and a lot of the times he won matches, he didn't have to cheat to win. Like he would yeah. just win straight up. So, you know, like I get it, you know, Braun's the monster and stuff like that, but Owens took that big fucking bump in the in the cage match at Extreme yeah, Rules. All that stuff. What what was the point of any of that? Because ultimately yeah. he just got squashed and now he yeah. has he has no briefcase. And now what are they gonna do with him? Like it's, I have it, no idea where he goes now. Yeah, it's damaging. And and again, like I I brought it up earlier, like it's Kevin Owens was a top heel on Raw. He was a former Universal Champion, you know. And to make him look so bad against Braun Strowman, I'm like, damn. And like, and I get it, you know, Braun's a monster. Like that's the way they've been pushing Braun. But this did like Kevin Owens no favors at all. Yeah, I I I don't get it. And, again, um, I thought it was funny, but I I feel bad. Like I don't I don't understand the point of it. Yeah, and he took a couple of, you know, big bumps throughout the match. The match wasn't long at all, but he took a few bumps on the outside, a shoulder tackle from Strowman into the barricade. I uh, took another bump, like when he bumped into him and took a flip on the outside. And then he also took a choke slam onto the, uh, into the metal part of the entrance Yo. ramp, which was, yeah, like, oof. Dude, that, uh, oof. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That that hurts, you know, especially considering, you know, the, uh, you know Kevin Owens' size, you know, he's not a small dude. And then, uh, you know, Strowman threw him back into the ring for the running power slam and pinned him one, two, three, super quick, man. So I, I just felt bad, and I, I hope Owens can recover from this. I hope they they that he's rewarded for the way he's been portrayed here, basically. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I. I can't figure out what they're going to do with him next, but hopefully there is something good for him because he, he deserves it, man. <laughs> like, yeah. That guy is awesome. Yeah. After, after these bumps and, you know, especially off the cage and then, you know, the bumps on the outside here, man, it's like, oh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully there's plans to, to build them back up in the future. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll, we know now like why uh, we'll get to it towards the end of the show, but we know why they had Braun retain the contract and uh, we'll get into it once we get into the main event so the next match was uh carmella defending the smackdown women's championship in a triple threat match against charlotte flair and becky lynch the story here was that you know this was supposed to be a one-on-one match between becky and carmella you know becky being the first smackdown women's champion and she hasn't had the title and you know since she's lost it you know maybe a couple of years at this point and uh so it was her ba- basically getting back in the title picture and then charlotte comes back to smackdown and gets the opportunity to get put in the match you know 
wins the match. So it's a triple threat. So now it's kind of like she's stealing the spotlight a bit from Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Carmella has been retaining the title since she cashed in her money in the bank briefcase and, you know, strong wins against Charlotte herself and Asuka, you know what I'm saying? So uh, the question was whether she was going to retain here. And uh, I think they had a good triple threat match. Um, it didn't devolve into like a, a team up with Charlotte and Becky against, uh, against Carmella. You know, it was definitely like every woman for herself, you know, Becky wanting to prove you know, herself, you know, Charlotte, of course, is just the top female that they got. So they did a good job. I felt Carmella kind of was like almost like the non-factor here. And the, the story was almost completely between Charlotte and Becky, you know, Charlotte, uh, between all the moves and stuff, she was able to hit the, uh, I forget what the name of it is. Natural selection. Natural selection. Yeah. She hit it on Becky Lynch for the one, two, three. And, and you saw the fans, they, you know, they cheered, they kind of popped, you know, Charlotte won the belt, but then Becky congratulating Charlotte the fans started booing, you know, cause you could definitely tell they were in Becky's corner for this match. Yeah. And, uh, they started booing once, uh, they saw the embrace and, but they, they kind of got what they wanted cause Becky <laughs> turned on Charlotte and gave her the, the only beat down that maybe we all saw coming, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you tell me what you think, but um, the crowd went crazy. You know what I'm saying? They were just cheering yeah. to, to beat down to Charlotte, which is, hey, it's New York. Sometimes they, they call it like Bizarro Land. That's what you get sometimes. And so Charlotte wins the title. Becky gives her a beat down. And now, you know, that's it. The uh, former best friends. What do I, you think? I thought it was a good match. I liked the the psychology of like, because obviously Carmella is not as good as the other two, and, know. and she knows it. And so, in in the the heel way of doing things, she tried to to pit them against each other, try to pit Charlotte and, and Becky against each other. I like that character part quite a bit, and I thought the match itself was actually pretty good with the the better wrestlers doing having having kind of carrying most of the match. And I thought the ending was actually a pretty smart way to do it. Like, so it was um like they they've been really kind of pushing the disarmor for for Becky Lynch for for the, the last couple months or so like how awesome of a finisher and a submission that is and so she finally locked in the disarmor on on Carmella and then and then uh Charlotte does the natural selection like you said and so I thought it was actually a pretty smart way to do it like yeah. so it was just she was just out wrestled and it was only at at that moment like it it, it could have gone any other way but at that moment she left her she was so concerned with trying to, to to lock in that disarmor that she missed she she lost track of charlotte and charlotte was able to to sneak that move in there i thought yeah. it was cool and i did i loved that the crowd really popped when <laughs> becky turned turned heel when, when, when she when she changed when she turned i thought that was hilarious and awesome and it shows how how over becky is and what i think is the the unfortunate thing is that i think charlotte is a better heel than becky is, a, yeah. is, a, is as a heel so I think there this this has kind of gone the wrong direction as far as that goes. I, I think it would have been better the other way around. It would have been better if Charlotte did do something kind of shady to 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 win or or anything like that. Or let's say like they just did something to to to, to have Charlotte do the turn. I think would yeah. have been better overall. Because uh, like I, I think that would be that would be better long term. And then like I, I think I don't know ultimately what they're gonna do. Maybe Charlotte versus. I've heard Charlotte versus Ronda at like well, WrestleMania or something know, like yeah, that. You know that's I think it's what they're going to go for. Yeah. yeah. And I so and I think because Ronda is such a huge face, like you have Charlotte as the heel, and I think then that match works better. That one works better down the line. Yeah. So I, so I think that 
it is almost a little bit short-sighted to to do it this way. But if it does lead to more Charlotte versus Becky matches, I think they they'll have good matches together. Mm-hmm. And so so I'm cool with that. I think that I think that part will work. I just don't understand the booking of it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying because uh, Charlotte definitely is the better heel, but it, maybe they're trying to go in that different direction because she's been in that role before, and we've never seen, at least not on the main roster, we haven't seen Becky portrayed in that way yet. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see if she's able to to pull it off, but just because the fans are behind her so much, you know, um, you know, and she played the baby face like so well, it'd be interesting to see like how she's trying to, you know, if she's going to be able to play that heel role. And, you know, like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like they might, I, I know they're definitely going to be building towards Charlotte and Ronda for sure, which is why, you know, I think they both won their titles. And, uh, and I think that's going to be built up to be a WrestleMania match yeah. and possibly, you know, WrestleMania main event, possibly like if the women are going to main event that show, like the way they, they say, you know, they want to, and they kind of want to break that barrier i think that would probably be the match to do it especially with both of them being champions you know so i don't know we'll see where they go there i think eventually they might turn around the heel and uh and maybe that's why they're keeping charlotte babyface but i don't know we'll we'll get into it and uh we'll definitely be talking about it as these pay-per-views go on you know yeah for sure um so you know it was a good match um like you said you know just becky you know looked like she was gonna secure that win and like you said she lost track of charlotte and she was able to hit natural selection for the one, two, three. So good match. And, you know, it's just funny seeing the, the crowd pop for the heel turn. And, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, so uh, just interested to see where that goes in the future. This next match, man, was probably my most anticipated because these guys, the way they've, what they've done in the ring in the past, I was interested to see what they were going to do on this level. So this next match for the WWE Championship, AJ Styles defending against Samoa Joe, you know, classic TNA matchup here. There even were TNA chants. There was a chant. (laughs) (laughs) There was a TNA chant. Yep, in the very beginning uh, of the match. So the the story here was, uh, you know, Joe finally getting his title shot, just kind of being dominant in general on SmackDown. Uh, AJ being the dominant champion, taking on all challengers. So Joe was named number one contender by Page on SmackDown. Joe attacks uh, AJ from behind, throws him into the coquina clutch, and then starts questioning his family values and whether you know he values being champion more than actually you know spending time with his wife and kids at home so definitely a different dynamic than we've seen from these guys in the past because you know in tna it's basically not that they they didn't do storylines they did do storyline but it was basically all about the match with these guys just because the the incredible in-ring action that these guys could pull off so just an interesting angle for these guys first one-on-one matchup on television in wwe and i'm glad uh for their first time ever in this company it happened on the stage like this at SummerSlam and for the wwe championship so what do you think of the match because i thought they did a great job here yeah this was my most anticipated match just because i love them uh in tna uh i thought that they they had great campaigns together and again i was a huge x division fan so this is i i love this just based on who was in it yeah i wasn't crazy about 
this story like leading up to like this feud because it, it seemed out, out, relatively hastily put together yes, almost I like do there, there, there wasn't much build and the whole wife storyline like the, the whole like i i it seems so old school to me like it, it's it's like old school wwe old school mm. ecw old school <laughs> tna like i i'm mm. like i don't know if i want to see this this yeah. is dumb and then the letter like when he read the letter from wendy sound i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna hate this but yeah. kudos to to joe i think in, in this case because even like aj's responses have all been fairly lame to that so it's kudos to joe for making that like whole thing it's his delivery like, like, and like stuff. it is like, yeah that guy can cut an incredible promo mm-hmm. he's super talented on the mic but thankfully super talented in the ring because this was a great match and it was again it's, it's all the it's it's all this the in ring psychology associated with the the great spots too so it was the the level of emotion that that they were able to to have in there made it so much more and i guess having the 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 family dynamic part of it is is what kind of did that and kind of pushed it that extra mile so i'm glad it's working and they're they're still continuing it which mm-hmm. is interesting and i don't know if i would have liked that but it's working so i'm cool with it yeah. um but like it was they they had some some really cool stuff in in this match i thought this match was great and some just some things that i wasn't expecting and then just i love just joe just yanking the mic at yeah. random parts in the in, throughout the match just to to kind of taunt aj by talking to his wife and kids i think it's just hilarious and such a smarmy heel move i didn't think i would like i thought again I, if it felt old school to me and i thought that like they were retreading really old water but it, it works like that guy can pull it off man joe is yeah. great Joe's definitely the one that made it work. Like he, like he pulled the mic during the entrance when the announcer was about to announce AJ, and uh, and you know, because Wendy and the and AJ's daughter were in the crowd, so Joe pointed that out, and AJ got the mic back and was like, "Yeah, you know, they're here to see me kick your ass." Da, 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 da. So it, it it just added that little bit of extra dynamic, a little bit more of like a personal flair, than it just being okay. It's just them having a match, you know. And you know, the own that's the only downside though that I did see because of the emotion, you know. A, you know Joe bringing AJ's family into it and then even just you know shouting wife out right there in the beginning of the match I kind of expected it to kind of start a little bit quicker you know kind of AJ going after Joe you know for you know speaking about his family and um, they started the match almost like just like a regular mess- wrestling match you know elbow tie up where I, I would have probably preferred that, that to see a, a faster start just because of the emotion evolved you know like the way we saw it towards the end of the match but maybe because of that you know we that's the ending of the match that we got Joe getting on the the mic again and saying he was going to be their daddy now, which, you know, (laughs) caused AJ to go into a frenzy and attack him. Um, Maybe that's why they opted not to do it in the beginning of the match, but just real good match. Nice build up, great story to it. The moves that they were hitting were snug, you know, like I I like that. They've battled before and have battled for years because some of the stuff that they did is like, it was so fast and it was like, like it's so, so well done that like they, they, they trust each other completely. Yeah. I love the the way they sold for each other and stuff like you know and yeah. and and just the story like I said just them going at it just feeling each other out and then AJ you know throwing his like leg, leg kicks and you could see Joe like all right all right like you caught me you caught me and then you know AJ tried to leg kick him again and he checks it and hits his own leg kick and the way AJ sold that like you know it was just like Whoa. yes and then you yeah, know and, and then he, yeah and then he counters with a punch you know and a- and Joe looks like he's catching AJ like square on the chin like boom boom you know throwing him 
in the corner and then he threw another kick at him, which got his legs out from under him. So just certain little, you know, spots, they were just going at each other where I'm like, man, like it looks good. Like it looks like they're just laying it in. And, um, and, and again, you know, just telling that story cause they've been in the ring multiple times, but doing it for the first time here in WWE, you know, may, you know, fans were anticipating, maybe they thought they were going to see more, but they're going to continue this feud. And, and like I said earlier in the show, there's so much more these guys could do. And they went a solid 25 minutes and, and gave you a lot. And it, it didn't even scratch the surface of what these guys could pull off with each other. So, yeah, um, it really is like a testament to those two being two of the best like it best not only can like it's because they can they're very accurate with their strikes and then they're they're so good at selling that they can do those kinds of things like there's just so many times that like joe would like like you said would, would kick aj's legs and it was like knock the legs out of him from out mm. from under him and all that because 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 aj would just flop onto his face like it, yeah. it looked so good and they were able to do that like the, the back and forth like the you're gonna do this and i'm gonna do this like yeah. so kick my legs i'll kick your legs kind yeah. of thing they just did so many of those little things that i thought were great and and even i think the, the commentary was also really good in this one with mostly from from Corey graves like when like they were aging to the sales clash and then and then it, it didn't pin joe like he couldn't pin joe out of it because and and then so that was all Corey's like he only got one he's only able one, to one, trap one arm, one right arm. In, <laughs> so he get all of it in there i'm like that's a smart way to do it. Like exactly. that, that's good to have them keep going, and to leave. There, there's still more that they can that they can do, and so even when when Joe locked in the the clutch, the coquina clutch, like he it wasn't locked in fully, like 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 the like an anaconda, like mm -hmm. he would, like it wasn't the full body clutch. So he didn't he, he didn't put him to sleep with that. Yeah. Or as as opposed to on SmackDown this week, like he put he put AJ to sleep. In seconds, um, yeah, because he, he locked it in all the way. Like so, it is. It's it's just really smart. And again, just like like with the the Gargano Champa stuff, like it's it's almost like they had this stuff planned out, like from from the beginning, like not just for the match, but like all the way down the line for the almost like the whole feud, so that they can do. Okay, we, we're not going to lock in the clutch all the way in this match, so that later on when we do lock in the clutch we can put you to sleep then so we can keep mm -hmm. this match going like i thought it was so smart in retrospect like when you see all the other the other pieces of it like yeah. it makes so much sense and it's it's really kudos to them and, and to whoever it is that's that's writing this if it's not them like kudos because that's that's a really smart way to do it yeah psychology 101 man they, they yeah did a good yeah job, yeah man. definitely and and like, so do you know like is that actually aj's wife and kid yeah that, that they've shown yeah like, I, I i almost feel bad for the kid like because <laughs> this this stuff like the the way that it ultimately ended is that aj snaps right and then so he's just wailing joe with the chair and gets 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 dq so joe wins by dq but but doesn't win the title and then joe and then aj goes over the barricade to talk to like his wife and to his kid and his kid like, like I'm sorry i'm sorry yeah and then, and then his kid recoils because like you're covered <laughs> yeah. in blood like and like like that looked legit Real, like right? like so like that made me wonder if it was an actor because like i don't know if they were planning on, on busting aj open mm -hmm. in this but like it was perfect like for Again, assuming they're going kind of like a similar parallel storyline to to Gargano Champa, like where it's like AJ went too far in order yeah. to try to beat Joe, like he ended up going too far, and and look at what it's cost him, kind of a thing. Now he's going to cost him the family, family. And, and all that. Like if if that was the intent, like this was so perfect for that. Like because I don't know if they could have planned. 
to have if again being that, that being his real kid like i don't know if they could have planned to have her recoil like okay when daddy comes up pretend like you're scared like i don't know if, they, if you can tell like a, a four-year-old kid to do that like you can't yeah. you can't do that so yeah. it was just perfect like so it couldn't have gone better from that standpoint like it like i couldn't believe it like how 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 that worked out like that yeah that's a good point because i didn't even really like notice that that was definitely his wife i can't say if that was really his kid but uh, you know i would think so you know if, if you know she was there you know with the with the mom so um but like you said yeah i didn't even notice that point and uh and and that was a good point you know and he was apologizing you know and uh you know for going too far and and maybe that might be a direction that they go here you know because joe just keeps making it personal you know personal yeah. so just trying to light you know aj's fire in that way to to have them like make those type of mistakes so uh, i'm glad they're continuing it because these guys are just you know excellent they could have excellent matches uh i think the next pay-per-view is hell in the cell so if it's for the title and that's a, a hell in the cell match Ooh, that'd be a good match wow like i i feel like i don't like the theme pay-per-views because I like a hell in the cell match should be like a culmination you know yeah um, but putting these guys in a cage like they would just kill it i'm sure you know what i'm saying so are all the hell in the cell matches in a cage they're not right like they're like i think when just tna you, had that one that they had one pay-per-view that was like all in a cage lockdown yeah yeah they, they, like they don't do that with with not, they not, have not a hell in the cell match at least right yeah no you get a just probably two which are probably that's, the title matches it's yeah. kind of sad <laughs> yeah so we'll see like or yeah, you know we'll, lockdown was great like when they would do that like that that whole the whole the entire pay-per-view was, yep. was innovative because the whole thing was in that cage. Yeah, and and they and even though it was every match was a cage match, they try to put, still make every match uh, with different stipulations. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that, yeah, which which was cool, you know. I so, missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna find my my lockdown DVDs now. I think it's on Oh yeah, I got a ton. I got a ton that I could go through. I've got a uh, the history of TNA, which is uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, good, good match here. Um, the next uh, starting start the start of a great feud. I hope I hope this goes because this yeah. can go a year and they can still be good. But hopefully, it goes at least till the next pay per view cycle. Yeah. Do you think you could? You might see. I mean, I just don't think so because, like I said, I just feel like Joe. He's had to work so hard for everything that he's getting here in the company, and he's had some setbacks with little, you know, a couple of injuries. He, you know, he had to miss WrestleMania and stuff like that because of that. And I know initially when he came here, he wasn't promised anything. Like they told him, like you know what, like you're here for NXT, and I think you can help these guys out, but don't think you're gonna, you know, get yeah, called up to the main roster. They were like, you know, exactly. you're, you're late thirties. You know, I don't think Vince is looking for, you know you know a guy like you exactly and he, and he had to prove them now. yeah he, he had to prove them wrong you know what i'm saying and he made it to the main roster and now to to be in a spot like this and to be featured in a championship match shows that he's opened some eyes so i i hope he continues to get a, a good push and and being on smackdown is is the is the place to get it you know yeah i i, I just my biggest fear is that they split them up at the next like superstar shakeup or whatever like they put one Put AJ on Raw. Just they split up Joe and AJ. I think I, I don't want them to do that because I think they can have the greatest campaign mm -hmm. um, in there. But if, if anything, I, I even if they stop their feud, I hope they both stay on SmackDown with the other people that they have in SmackDown. It can be great. Yeah, yeah. a lot of good matchups that they got there. Yeah. 
So the next segment was a in ring segment with Elias, you know, doing his usual <laughs> spiel. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying that was great. He pro- promised the people in uh, Brooklyn a concert, you know. Uh, so, you know, he did his usual ragging on the crowd, which is you know so funny. And um, Dude, you I know what? Elias. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's so good. He's so good. And when I saw this, I was like, man, did was this like a work or did he really like fuck up? Because it seemed like. So wait, he's basically in the ring and he's about to start his song and the guitar breaks, it snaps. <laughs> and the, the crowd is just getting on him, you know what I'm saying? Channing, you fucked up and, and whatnot. Yeah. And and he got up and he tossed the guitar and I think he was like almost said like fuck or something like that. And and then the, the segment like ended abruptly. So I was like, was that supposed to happen like that? Like, you know, because I'm sure, you know, they had him in this little thing with Bobby Lashley. You know, so I was like, even though they didn't have a scheduled match, I figured, okay, they would have probably done what they were doing on Raw. He's going to have a little concert, and then Lashley's going to come out and hit a move, and and that's it. And uh, it just seemed to end abruptly. <laughs> so I was, it so did. Funny. I, I I assumed that it was that it was a work. I'm not positive though, like because. Mm-hmm. He did act pretty angry with all of that kind of stuff, but if if it was not intentional, like it was all, I mean, that's exactly how his character would have reacted. Like I, said, I, I think it's great. I thought it was so funny when I saw it that I thought I assumed that it was that it was intentional. Um, I don't know if they're gonna do like a who broke the guitar like angle, which I think would be stupid, but. Um, but I, I thought for what this was, I thought it was hilarious. Like, yeah. and it, it was it was short, and this this pay per view needed short stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I, th- I thought it was a it was a funny joke I read somewhere that like this was the night the, the next squash match of the of the evening was when Elias squashed his guitar. <laughs> Basically, well, I'm still cool to to see him in a segment and stuff like that. Yeah. Didn't have to be a match. Like, um, like he's so good on the mic like he's he's such yeah. a great heel that he can do stuff like this and just be totally over which i think yep. again shout out to tim k who hates elias <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't see his greatness yet he doesn't see it yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh man but th- that was cool and then uh so basically that led to uh the next match and man there's a lot of matches here uh daniel bryan versus the miz and this was hyped as being eight years in the making um incredible you know what the Miz has been doing you know he's been here since 2006 I believe so he's you know 12 years uh plus in WWE and Danny Bryan's been here since 2010 and uh some from the very beginning um they've basically been kind of going at each other and you saw it in the in the video package hyping the match like I love when they have something like so long term like that and they can pull footage you know, from so many matches and so many segments and and it really makes sense. And and the story here was incredible because, you know, Daniel Bryan did have to retire. And, you know, for the couple of years that he was retired and couldn't wrestle, you know, it was like it did seem like they were building a feud with the Miz. And it's like, man, what are they doing? Because they can't pay this off, you know, yeah. Bryan can't wrestle anymore. And um you know, the Miz cut that incredible promo on Talking Smack. That was unscripted, so unscripted, very real um, between him and Brian. And, um, and you know, there's a, a sense of truth here. Like, you know, these guys are working together and, and they put on a pretty good match. Um, but I think like one 
what Brian says about the Miz kind of being soft and wrestling a softer style. Like he truly believes that because Brian wrestles that style that he goes all in, which is the reason why he had to retire for a little bit because of the, the injuries and stuff. So um, what did you think of the match? Cause I, I thought just uh, the amount of time um, as far as like the years invested, you know, to kind of tell the story um, and you could tell they're going to continue to feud after this match, but for, for being this uh, part of Brian's comeback and, and starting this feud with the Miz, I thought they got off to a good start. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah I agree. And this is, this is one, the, the, the story is great with this one. The, 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 the buildup to this has just been fantastic. And the fact that we finally can actually get to see them wrestle and, and, and kind of battle each other in the ring. I, I was pumped for this. And um, I, I, I thought it was probably as good a, a match as it could have been uh, for their kind of first time finally, mm-hmm. like finally meeting in the ring kind of a thing where like they were, Miz was doing all, all of Daniel Bryan's moves and all mm-hmm. that. And this kind of like, they were, they were one-upping each other with the same moves yep. kind of a thing. I thought that was really cool. Um, and, uh, and, and just in general, knowing that this was going this wasn't going to be, or assuming that this wasn't going to be like the final match, I thought it was, I thought it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, I, I read somewhere, like if they were going to fantasy book it, like ways that they could have done the storyline differently. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is one that I think that they can, they can do kind of moving forward. And I think they may have alluded to, but because, because the Miz ended up winning this one yeah, by cheating uh, with with Maurice's help, mm-hmm. he, he grabbed some some brass knucks, um, <laughs> and and then with the power of the punch, like, <laughs> like, took out uh, Daniel Bryan, which I thought was was hilarious. But like they they showed backstage, like it was it was uh, Daniel Bryan and, and Bree and and and, yeah. and and back talking, and then. Daniel Bryan was like all pissed off and was, was, was starting to question like his comeback and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that kind of falls in line with what I thought would have been a better storyline that someone, someone, someone else came up with was that like, this should have been um, like a a retirement match. It it should have been like, like if Mm -hmm. it should have been basically if Bryan lost, then he wouldn't resign his contract Okay, or, or something like that. That would have created some some better stakes for this and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I would have liked that. Though now, I think this could actually be they they, they could be sowing those seeds now by him losing in this one, uh-huh. um, and by him being so angry and, and starting to question his comeback. I think that could be a good thing that they do and make it that that kind of a more long term thing. Mm-hmm. Like so, this can be more storyline of of the Miz talking about like, see, you shouldn't have done, you shouldn't have come back. It was pointless. What are you doing now? Now, for some reason, because the Bellas are back, um, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, look at your wife. You're 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 going to deprive her. You're you're going to risk potential injury uh, to your wife, and th- don't you love her and all that kind of. Stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I I can see them increasing the stakes that way and yeah. making it more personal. Um, not just between the, the Miz and, and Brian, but but like families now. Yeah. Uh, so so I can see that is a way that they can continue this and, and make it more viable and make it even more emotional. So I'm cool with that. I, I like that if that's the way they go, because I think that's a pretty genius way to work that real life part, even if even if Brian is already signed, let's say you don't you don't share that with the audience, but you you bring in some real life stuff and keep the 
the kind of blending of the truth and and the story in together with these two and i think it would work out really well and that's a yeah that's a great idea like i didn't even think about it like that and that would be cool if they build up to something like that like a retirement match like you said and it does make sense considering that backstage promo that we did see with Bree and brian and him questioning you know his comeback and you know him saying like he failed because he lost to the miz you know yeah all all, all I'm, I'm just worried that so this is now they, they they set a match on smackdown where it's where it's miz and maurice versus uh daniel bryan and brie and so that is yet another like husband and wife pairing that they're doing and i'm like why do they keep pairing up all these like these this, are they trying to push the mixed max mitch mixed match tag again yeah. or whatever or is it just supposed to be like these are all here there's just here's all these these husbands and wives together. I don't know what they're doing, but they seem to be pushing a lot of that all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> it's making me nervous. Well, I, th- I think some of it has to do with the cross promotion because now, you know, Miz and Maurice got their show on USA and then you got Total Divas and Total Bellas that Brian is on with, you know, the wives. So yeah. it's, it's probably it's- just to kind of like push that a little bit more and it gives them the opportunity to, to kind of shout that out like oh hey you know the miz and you know and and they tend to kind of work in those storylines from those shows like on yeah. tv so yeah they do and i guess like because lana is, has also been on total divas or bells whichever one that is yeah. and so like that's that could be why they're also kind of doing now they they, they keep pushing like the mixed tag stuff with with her and, and rusev and i was just like just please don't tell me next week isn't going to be naomi and and is it is it jay and- or is it Jimmy? Whichever Jimmy, Jimmy, she's yeah. married to. Jimmy was, yeah, Jimmy. Like, I, I just don't want them to, to all of a sudden have all of them pairing up with their respective significant others. Like I don't want I don't want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Because then it becomes awkward when if they eventually yeah. break up. <laughs> I was exactly. thinking about that like earlier. Cena. <laughs> yeah, Cena and Bella. And then even like I remember like backstage, you know, segments with Austin and like Deborah back in the day. And I'm like, yeah, they're not together anymore. So you're not gonna see that footage much anymore on WWE <laughs> TV. <laughs> you know, but um but yeah, decent start to the feud here, you know, uh Miz using the brass knucks, like you said, to Use the power to punch to get the one, two, three on Daniel Bryan. So shout out to William Regal, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, man, just chugging along here, man. Lots of matches. Uh, this was another squash. So we had Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor. And, uh, you know, again, this was a rematch from Extreme Rules. And uh, I think Balor, it seemed like kind of got the fluke victory over Baron Corbin. Did he win at the last pay-per-view or did Corbin win? No, Balor won. Balor won, right? Yeah, yeah. so yeah, he kind of pulled it out against Corbin, so this was like a rematch. Corbin still saying he could take Balor, and, uh, you know, Balor surprised him by coming out in the Demon getup, which we haven't seen in a while. I think we hadn't seen the the Demon since I think it's only like the second time or something like that, and that's it. Yeah, they've they've not used the Demon character on television at all, like – to the detriment of Finn Balor, I feel like I feel like that's something <laughs> yeah. they should pull out every once in a while. Like it's you know you're leaving money on the table and you don't because it's so over. Um, but he pulled it out here and basically you know Corbin got no offense. This was all Finn Balor and uh, you know got it in his entrance. He got in you know some offense on the outside. You know threw Corbin back in the ring, hit the coup de gras for the one, two, three, one, two, three, quick victory. So, yeah, I thought um, it was hilarious, yeah. And I thought that, like, I thought 
Baron Corbin sold it really well. Like mm-hmm. the, was, fear, it, the fear, the yeah, fear. Exactly. It, it was basically yeah. just just some dude in body paint. But he made it <laughs> like so, like it was so much scarier. And mm-hmm. um, like the the promo next the, the next week or the uh, not the next week the promo on Raw was great. Like he's like you. I had a match with with Finn Balor and and you no showed the demon showed up instead. <laughs> all the smoke was there and I was getting him. I couldn't see past the smoke. Like he's making up all these great excuses. They were hilarious from from a, from a heel authority figure point of view. I thought it was just really funny, and um, and again glad it was a squash match. A squash match mm-hmm. because it was there's a lot of matches on this card. So yeah. I think it it spotlighted Finn. I hope this means that like. He's getting a bit of a push, mm-hmm. and because this is like, hopefully, I'm hoping it's more than just you're really short, buddy. Let's let's fight. Like, I hope it's more than just that. <laughs> that, yeah. that they, they 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 will feud on more than than just you're just this little dude, and and let him actually like wrestle because that that's another guy. He's a great wrestler too. He just yeah. hasn't been able to really showcase it because. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. To it's be honest, raw. yeah. I mean, it's just uh to touch on it it's just because of the uh i mean just raw it's monday night raw like not everybody's gonna be on top and i feel like he could be a top guy but you he know was at have... one point like he was the first universal champion man. yeah yeah and then all of a sudden like the injury uh, derailed him and really then he did. just he never got back into that that spot and that push that it he apparently was gonna get that first time because remember he was only on raw about a month before catching that injury and yeah. um and he was getting pushed. He won, you know, he got pushed to the title, you know, in his first pay-per-view and unfortunately caught the injury. So I could only imagine, you know, what we would have gotten from that title reign with the demon and him defending it every month. Like I, I, I picture it would have been similar to his NXT title run, you know, and then the yeah. run he had in NXT, but you know, with that injury and then he returned and it just seemed like he was just lost in the shuffle. You know, you had Brock, you had Roman, you know, you had so many other guys, and uh, apparently they just made him kind of work his way back up, and he and apparently still hasn't gotten back to that that level he was at. So but I'm hoping with Brock gone, like that, that'll change now. That's gonna change, yeah. Or at least give him, put him in the IC title belt, like picture or something like that. Just let him wrestle more, and 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 try to like just to just get some more legitimacy to him because now all he is is just a big goofy smile now. That's all yeah. he's got. Yeah, and he's and lost in the shuffle. It just seems like he's just coming out for matches and doesn't. Like it just seems like there's no long term planning for him. Like he's been feuding with Corbin, and that's fine. But it's like you said, the basis for the feud is just stupid, and yeah. they're just coming out and and having a match. Like there's no like meat there, you know. There's, there's not much. It's very shallow. So um, just cool to see the demon again. Um, just because it's been so long, and uh, and like you said, hopefully it means uh, is there's a renewed push for him in the future. So yeah, I think I thought it was funny. Like I think clearly they're they're doing kind of a, a Spider Man Venom thing with his makeup. But mm-hmm. my buddy was like, he looks like the boogeyman. <laughs> he really did look like the boogeyman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was cool though. It was cool to see. Glad you know, just got the quick offense, the the quick win, and uh, it seemed to revitalize the crowd. Because again, you know, it's a long event, and now that we're getting later into the event, um, you know, the energy does get sapped from the crowd. So I think you know, seeing the entrance and you know the demon and the makeup, like it kind of woke the crowd up in a way. You know. Yeah. So unfortunately, though, it seemed like this next match is it still kind of deflated them. I almost forgot this was on the card still, um, but it was for the United States Championship. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defending against Jeff Hardy. 
And um, again, like they had a decent match. They didn't seem to get as much time as some of the other matches on the card, but, you know, understandable considering how late into the show uh, this was. Um, I thought they had decent back and forth, but the, the thing that stuck out to me in this match, man, was some of the bumps that Hardy took. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Freaking, I think this was the setup for the end of the match where he basically tried to hit Shinsuke with a swanton bomb and he missed him, you know, but he tried to hit him on the ring apron. So he, he freaking jumped off the top rope, did a swanton onto the ring apron, basically crashed and burned to the outside. Yeah. And then, and then caught the Kinshasa, you know, and Shinsuke picked up the victory. But I'm like, damn, man, you know, Hardy should not have to be taking bumps like that at his age. And like, what do you think when you saw that? Because I cringe. When I, when I saw that, oh, yeah, I, I, I definitely cringe too. And um, like, because all, all the news has been that, like recently that he's been wrestling injured and all that up. kind of stuff, yeah. or he's just banged up and just in general. Yeah. He's worn out and needs some time off to recover. And then to see him do stuff like that, I'm like, what the hell is going on, man? But then somebody had mentioned it um, in some either some review or in a podcast that I listened to, and I took a look at it again. If you do watch that spot again, mm-hmm. it's actually very smartly done. Like because he's kind of doing his swanton style, so his arms are out, and his and his I guess it's his left arm when he jumps off actually hooks the top rope mm-hmm. and it kind of pulls him in towards it so he doesn't land like it looked like he just crashed like his back onto the apron but it didn't really so it kind of like it hooked him in and so he kind of like landed on his butt like on 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 the apron the butt is like what actually hit the apron so it was very well controlled surprisingly i thought he was just insane but but when you look at it like that i'm like oh wow that actually was pretty well done good job jeff (laughs) (laughs) i I was i was happy because most of the stuff he's been doing just has been like what are you doing, man? Slow mm-hmm. down or just, I'm not crazy. I haven't been really crazy about his, his, his whole return to WWE because it's been very old school, Jeff Hardy. Like there yeah. hasn't really been much evolution over the years. And granted, like he was almost ahead of the time. Like, so he was like way above, like he was doing this extreme stuff before anyone else. Mm-hmm. So like it was, it's, it's still very impressive, but it's all still the same kind of moves that he's always done. And so I was like, I'd like to see him spice things up a little bit or whatever. And he kind of did that here with that swanton on the apron and and that kind of stuff. But I, I want him to just take some time and, and let his body heal up a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just think he should start working a little smarter now considering, you know, the amount of injuries he's had and his age, like, you know, it's like his, he still does the same moves that there, they are, slower now than mm-hmm. they used to be mm-hmm. and like it's it's always funny to see like there's, there's always that clip about him doing the whisper in the wind totally missing like gender and gender still taking the fall like yeah. eventually like because it's it's happened to more more people than just gender where like like they, they he's he's they've missed spots but they, but they've still taken the bump eventually you start to wonder like i wonder if it's jeff because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. happening a lot lately um but no, I, i'll give him the benefit of the doubt still certainly when it's something, something like that i'll assume that the opponent was not in the right place <laughs> but like i would let i'd like to just let him recover a little bit and this this might be the time to do that <laughs> yeah yeah he was uh he was taken out and and i think people were just kind of they seem to be sitting on their hands a little bit during the match, but I think it's because they figured, you know, that they know 
Jeff was moving into a feud with Randy and they kind of, that was kind of lingering in the background. So they're probably expecting him to come out. And, uh, you know, so they were just kind of, this was like a wrap up for Jeff and Shinsuke. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that feud is done uh, and they are going to move on. If assuming they're going to move on, like I'm, I'll let Shinsuke, I'd like to have him battle someone else at this. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm over with him and Hardy and, uh, I like the heel turn. I like, you know, that they, they're kind of yeah. different, different with him. Um, but I'm over this feud basically. And, uh, so he picked up the win, uh, Shinsuke with the Kinshasa hit that on Hardy to retain and Orton did appear after the match and he looked like he was going to make a beeline towards the ring and put a hurting on Jeff, but then he just turned around and went to the back. So <laughs> like, I, I wonder like it's, it's weird, but I wonder if this is just like masterful trolling. Like it's just, he just, he comes out, everyone wants to, to, to RKO people or do whatever. He's like, no, that's what you want. Nope, I'm not going to do that. Yep. Well, it's a good way for him to draw some heel heat because even as a heel, Orton gets cheered. So if people yeah. are expecting to see the RKO and then they don't get it, then they'll boo. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So um, he did say in a backstage interview later, uh, he was asked about, you know, why didn't he do anything? And he says Jeff Hardy basically belongs to him and tonight wasn't the right night. So, you know, he's basically saying that he does what he wants and he'll do what he wants when he wants to Jeff Hardy. So pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so that wrapped that up. Now we're getting into pretty much the end here. The last couple of matches on the show. Uh, this was for the Raw Women's Championship. Another kind of like a squash match here. Alexa Bliss defending against Ronda Rousey. And uh, Natalia came out in her dad's uh, jacket. You know, of course, Jim DeAnvil Neidhart just recently passing away. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, rest in peace to him. Um, that sure. was cool to see. And, uh, you know, Natty was uh, one of the women that have trained, helped train Ronda, you know, since she made the transition from the UFC to WWE. So she was in uh, Ronda's corner supporting her. You know, Alexa Bliss made her entrance. It was kind of, you know, backpedaling, trying not to, to face Ronda in the opening moments of the matchup. Uh, but eventually, you know, Ronda got her hands on her. And this was, again, a squash. A Bliss did not get much offense. She did get a couple of hits, which Rousey basically no-sold. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rousey <laughs> hit a couple of moves on her and basically uh, locked in the armbar to win her first women's championship. What do you think? I was surprised. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, th I, I think it's, I think it's too soon to put the belt on Rousey, mm -hmm. um, and I was surprised that it was such that it was a squash. It like just I, I can't believe it happened so quickly, um, but like it, it it flows well like with with how they've they've built up Rousey to be honest. I, it, it works for that part of the story, but I still think it's a little too soon. Um, but like. They've they've protected Rhonda so well and they, they they've her rollout has been pretty perfect. But now that she's got the belt, they can't really protect her as much anymore because she's especially if she's talking about she being a fighting champion and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm nervous. I'm hoping she does well because everything that they've shown her doing has been great. Yeah. But it's always been in short little bursts and it's it basically it's the it's the hot tag and she could do all her moves mm -hmm. and then it's it's awesome and then it's done so i don't know how how well she's going to be able to do extended matches and that kind of stuff especially since basically they they pretty much close raw 
and and even and oftentimes SmackDown now with they, they main event it with with the women's match. Mm-hmm. So especially now that she has the belt, I'm, I think that she will probably close out Raw a mm-hmm. lot of times, and that makes me a little bit nervous because I don't know how good. Not not that I don't think she can do it, but I just don't know how good she is in an extended match. Yeah, uh, we haven't seen it yet, but what she did show was pretty damn awesome, and I think they did a really good job using um alexa's like double jointed arms oh yeah to, to make it look like she that she legit broke her alexa's arm i thought that was pretty cool that looked crazy yeah right before locking in the arm bar she had her arm in that submission move like i thought that was gonna be the one to end the match the way her arm looked that looked yeah. brutal right yeah, yeah but that, that she just has that like that she can hyperextend the elbow <laughs> I, I think it's awesome it's so smart it's such a smart thing to use for something yeah, like this for sure that it, it is really good and like I, I think that they have booked Rhonda so well and so strong that now I don't know what they're gonna do with her. I'm so again, so I'm a, I'm a little nervous now. Like she's because she put she's beaten everybody, like all the women um, on the roster basically. That I don't know what they can possibly do, other than like when they bring them all together and she, they have her against Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte's not on this roster. She is because she's plowed through the entire Raw Women's roster basically, um, and like because Alexa Bliss is probably their their next best person. Maybe Nia Jax, but she's beaten Nia Jax, and now she's, she's squashed. She's squashed Alexa Bliss. So who's next? Like, yeah, she, Alicia Fox is not going to be Alicia Fox. Yeah, like that. Well, so I don't really know where they're going to go with it. Well, so far on TV, um, I mean, she did have at Money in the Bank the first one-on-one match with Nia Jax, but technically the the match got thrown out because oh, yeah. Alexa Bliss she cashed in the, the, the she, she cashed in yeah so so we didn't get the winner there and like and she's beaten Nia on house shows and stuff like she beat her at that house show in, uh, that I went to at Madison Square Garden but um on television she's faced Nia Jax but no clear winner there so they could follow that up. Um, I'm sure Alexa Bliss will probably get a rematch um, for the title and kind of get that out of the way. And then, um, yeah, I guess, the, you know, the other women on Raw, who do we have? We have Dana Brooke. We have Alicia Fox, uh, Sasha, Bailey. You know, so there's a few heads. And um, again, like you said, she has been protected. But I think they'll probably just keep going the route they've been going with the, the shorter matches and making her just look like a badass, you know, and, and, and she really does. They're like yeah. everything she does has been great. So far. Like, yeah. And, and you know what? It's weird because like the, the greenness that she still has in the ring is almost like working for her in a way because the, the, the way she moves, like the janky movements and stuff like that, like it's making the stuff that she's doing, like look real. Like, yeah, in a way. yeah totally. You does. Know? So, um, so, so I, I, I like what it's been doing for her in ring matches that we've seen so far. And of course, you know, since she has that name and that special dynamic, um, you know, they, they've just been booking her just right. I feel, um, and she's going to be protected during this title run. You know, she's going to basically plow through the roster. I'm pretty sure, you know, basically just leading up to that big matchup with Charlotte, um, which is, has to happen at WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm saying calling it right now. So uh, when we get when we get to WrestleMania, we'll be like, remember we spoke about it, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So um, cool match. Uh, the Bellas, uh, you know, she locked in the armbar, got the victory. Um, you know, Alexa Bliss submitted, so she wins the Raw Women's Championship, and Natalia and the Bella Twins uh, celebrated with Ronda in the ring. So just you know, it'll be cool to see where they go with this from now on. Yeah. And uh, I was expecting 
Ronda to win the belt at Evolution, and mm-hmm. then and then set up the, to do the the big match versus Charlotte at, at WrestleMania, like you said. But like, so I'm I, I'm I'm curious to see where they go with this. Like they, again, if I can see them, they they do the the four horsewomen at Evolution. I can see that. Like so, I, they would probably have to do that in order to make as big an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, as Ronda winning the belt would have been, so I think it's a uh, it's it's interesting. I'm very curious now to see where they where they go with it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. So we'll we'll see that where that goes, especially with that Evolution pay per view coming up. So, all right, finally the main event: uh, Brock Lesnar defending the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. <laughs> so. I already know the crowd was just ready to hijack this match. And, you know, we spoke about it earlier. Braun retained his money in the bank, you know, his money in the bank briefcase. And I think they did this very smart because I think they knew fans were going to boo both guys and that the only way that they were going to stop the fans from hijacking this match was to have Strowman come out and be like, all right, guys. Like, you know, I'm here and I'm going to cash this in. Like, so just wait, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of, you know, it stopped the fans from shitting on the match. Yeah, exactly. And the, no one was going to leave because like during that match, because they thought it was boring. Cause, cause now, like now you got to stay for, for when, when Strowman the cashes Strowman. in, like yep. it was very smart, very smart on their end, you know? So it started fast and furious, you know, Roman, as soon as the bell rang, hitting some Superman punches on Brock, hit him with a couple of spears on the third spear, Brock catches him in the guillotine. Uh, How great. awesome was that? That was so yeah. good. Yeah, that it, it was cool. And then just great show of strength by Roman, just being able, you know, from that position, being able to pick Brock up, stand up, slam him, you know, to the ground. Uh, you know, Brock kept the guillotine in place. Um, you know, Strowman, again, he came out. He basically said before the match got started that he was going to cash in on the winner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, they had to basically uh, watch their back. Uh, Reigns tried to hit a spear on Brock. Brock sidestepped him, which caused him to do a suicide dive onto Braun on the outside. You know, Brock followed that up, hit Braun Strowman with a F five on the outside, and then tossed his money in the bank briefcase up to the entrance ramp, which was <laughs> like, so funny. Like across the entire arena, basically. <laughs> what the hell? That was super funny. You know what I'm saying? Basically, uh keeping them if that's a if you want to keep them from cashing in, that's the way you do it. So um this match definitely wasn't long. It was basically this was it, as I'm describing. Uh Brock basically grabbed a chair, smacked Braun a couple of times on the outside. And when he stepped back into the ring to hit Roman with the chair, Roman caught him with a spear for the one, two, three. Uh, Kind of a shocking ending. Um, I'm pretty much, you know, we didn't know what direction they were going to go because, you know, we know Brock is headed towards UFC, but, you know, we all thought he was going to lose, you know, lose the belt at WrestleMania, and that didn't happen. And he was being advertised for tomorrow's Monday Night Raw. So there was a chance, you know, that he was going to keep the belt here. But, um, you know, Roman got the one, two, three, finally dethrones Lesnar after years and years of trying and uh, finally gets his due as the universal champion. Um, 
with Brock Lesnar, you know, laying out Braun Strowman on the outside and tossing the briefcase, Braun did not get the chance to cash in. So the pay-per-view ended with uh, Roman Reigns celebrating his Universal Championship victory. And uh, I liked, you know, you could kind of hear him mouthing. He's like, man, you know, no more part-time. This title is going everywhere, which I do think is a boon of him winning. So what do you think overall of the main event? It was actually pretty good. It was it was more entertaining than I thought it would be. Like I'm I'm glad that it's off Brock. Uh, the title's off Brock. Yeah, certainly that's a, that's the the first thing right right away. There is very smartly done, like you said, with uh, by having them have Braun in there, and it was it was also very smart that they kind of doing that kind of had him had Brock distracted and kind of allowed Roman to 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 nail him with that spear. Um, it was. A much better match than than I than I thought it was going to be. It, it went, it, it all panned out differently than I thought it would go, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's probably why I liked it as much as I did. Um, it's just it's it was it was interesting. I guess is the, is the best way that I can put it. I'm glad that it's a, it's off Brock, who is Brock, who's like. 30 pounds lighter than he is yeah. now that he's going back to, to UFC, which <laughs> I think is hilarious. Juice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no more vitamin S for him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but like, uh, like it's, it, 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 I actually think that Roman is a good worker and, and he's, so. and he's, and he's a good wrestler. So I'm glad he, he just is not a very good promo. And, and then I think his push seems very artificial. So, I'm 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 cool with this, and I I think it'll be good. Hopefully, this will actually allow people to give him a chance, and and actually like show his skills as a wrestler. Because I think just immediately people are like, I'm tired of this. I'm I don't want why why is it always gonna be Roman versus Brock, and he's gonna be yeah. the one that he throws him. So mm-hmm. now that that is actually out of the picture now, and he can have good campaigns like with with Finn Balor or whatever, like. Like Cena did when he did that U.S. the the U.S. Championship Open Challenge. Like I thought yeah. that was great. It made it spotlighted a bunch of up and comers. It it made Cesaro look awesome again, and it made Cena look good. So I I'm hoping that that's the kind of thing that happens w- w- while he has his reign. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I'm I'm gonna be cautiously optimistic about that, um, and and hope that it goes somewhere. Well, it goes it goes it goes somewhere good, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the whole thing was very smartly done. I'm glad it wasn't a super long match, because um, it was at this point a, a long, long pay per view. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and 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 I'm glad that storyline is finally over. Me, me too, me too. I think they did need to take that belt off Brock. Um, you know, I understand, you know, his part-time schedule, you know, makes it more special or whatever, but not having the top title there really sucked. And uh, now with Roman holding the strap, being a full-time champ, that's going to be great. And just to kind of follow that up, um, you know, Monday Night Raw, they already started. Uh, he came out and basically, you know, had an open challenge, but specifically gave you know, a title shot to Finn Balor. And I, and I'm glad that they 
brought up the fact that Finn was the first universal champion and he never got his rematch for the belt due to injury. And, you know, when he returned from injury, just because of where the title picture was at, you know, Brock had a stranglehold on it and uh, they realistically weren't giving Finn Balor a match against Brock Lesnar. So um, I did like the fact that immediately Roman gave that challenge and gave Balor an opportunity and did play up that storyline, you know, of him giving him a fair shake of getting that title back. And then I just love the interesting thing is that now we know with Braun Strowman, he didn't get to cash in money in the bank. So, you know, that's his intent, you know what I'm saying? And he's, you know, he's targeted Roman Reigns before and Braun Strowman's been played as the baby face and Roman Reigns has been pushed as a baby face. And now it's interesting because at the end of that universal title match, Reigns retained over Finn Balor. And out came Braun Strowman to cash in money in the bank. And out came Rollins and Ambrose to shield reunited, basically picking up where they left off before Dean Ambrose got injured. And they basically decimated Braun Strowman, hit him with the triple power bomb through the announce table and uh, basically prevented him from cashing in money in the bank against Roman Reigns. So I think that's an interesting development now. If it definitely is, you know, Reigns being champion and he has backup in the shield, they basically have his back as champion. Like, do you think they're going to play the shield as kind of like heels or like, where do you think, what direction do you think they're going to go real quick? Yes. I think if they really want to get Roman over, even though like I, I mentioned, like he can have good campaigns and all that. I think the best way to get Roman over again is to have him as part of the shield, have heel shield. Heel shield, yeah, man, yeah. And then so, so I think the tag titles go to Rollins and Ambrose, and then Roman has the Universal Championship. So they all have, they all have gold. Yep. And I think that is you, you do that, and then that'll make. Everyone loved Roman when he was part of the Shield originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then you let Seth and you let Dean, you let you let them do all the talking. You you let you let you let Roman be the enforcer again. And then what I think you can do, what I think would be great, is you have them hold hold those titles as heels for however for a long time, however long you want to make it. And then you call up Undisputed Era and you have Undisputed Era versus the Shield. You have the, the factions go. I would love to see that. Oh man, that's a dream, dream matchup right there. Dream. I match. think that would be great. And then because you because you have them, they they held all the titles in NXT. You have all the titles on Raw. This that then let's do this. I think that would be a cool matchup. I think it would work out really well. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'm I'm definitely interested to see where they take it, and uh, and I kind of do hope they go in that heel direction. You know, what I'm saying basically the Shield helping Roman retain. You know, Seth Rollins is the new Intercontinental Champion, so he could get the benefit of the alliance as well, and uh, and maybe just take it in a different direction where people might not expect because everybody loves the Shield, and you know, but when they first came in, they were heels, and that's initially how they got over. So. I think if they do that, I think that could also solve the heel problem on Raw because, you know, Owens got squashed and, uh, you know, Corbin got squashed. They were two of the main heels on Raw. Um, you have Elias who is, I feel like that he's kind of being positioned as the top guy, but not really so much so in matches and storyline. He kind of still yeah. takes his L's. He's still kind of like a mid-card act, um, but still in that upper you know upper mid-card status you know when you look up and down the roster of monday night raw like who else are the heels you got gender 
who's been kind of getting jobbed out. He's, yeah. he's the only other one. It's Owens. It was Owens. It was Zane before he was injured. It's Jinder. It's Corbin. And some of these guys got squashed last night. So they definitely have to rebuild uh, the heels on Raw and maybe, you know, turn some of these guys, like maybe like a Bobby Roode or some of these other guys that are kind of stagnant in the face role and uh and flip them and see if uh you could build some solid heels on raw moving forward but yeah, uh, dude, bobby Roode was a great heel in tna and yeah. and i think he was a, he was a good heel in uh well, he in was NXT. relatively heel in, in nxt even though he was yeah. very over but he mm-hmm. was a good heel i think he does his best work as a heel for sure so i i'd like to see like i feel bad for him like he's he is he, is he feuding with Mojo Rawley now? Like, yeah, like it's like that. That seems like that's a waste. Yeah, a big waste. Even and though I, I think they're both talented. I think Mojo's mm-hmm. talented, but like he's mid Carter at best. And then Bobby Roode was he was NXT champion. Yeah, it's and a shame. it's just it's crazy to see this is where he's at. Yeah, he he needs that heel turn in order to kind of I think get to be uh to be relevant again because the face you know him being a face he didn't get much on smackdown and then they they moved him to raw in the shakeup and he's been lower lower yeah. mid card you know no run at all no storyline and he's basically putting mojo and some other guys over which yeah. sucks, I'm, you know? I'm hoping again now that now that the whole brock thing is done mm-hmm. assuming it's done like this will allow them to do other storylines and and bring some more people up from the mid card and let them be featured on tv again top heels man because that's what that's what the show needs you know so uh man thanks man this was a long one i think we went over uh two hour almost at three hours actually uh, there's a lot but (laughs) considering we we've compressed like nine hours worth of Not, we, did, we didn't do a bad job, but no, yeah, man. this is a long one. <laughs> yeah, we gave him the breakdown. I mean, SummerSlam is just longer than average, and uh, you know, and our love for NXT just uh, has us going in all directions, just breaking that down. For so, sure. uh, yeah, man. But thank you, man. Thank you for joining me. I always look forward to these breakdowns every single month after these pay per views. So, I do too. Uh, yeah, next one uh, will be Hell in a Cell in a few weeks. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that one. And uh, try to get other people on, but uh, but I like this dynamic with me and you and stuff like that, especially yeah, sometimes well. we, we have to do it late night, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> <So I appreciate laughs> with the baby and especially a sick baby, I appreciate your flexibility because I'm glad that we got to talk this through. No doubt, man, no doubt. So, uh, all right, before we head out, just uh, let the people out there listening know where they can find you on social media, man. Uh, you can find me, Paul Chu, on, uh, on on social media, on Facebook, primarily if you go and join that uh, ROC Facebook page, um, the Rumble Collectors page. Um, also, Paul Chu one on Instagram. Um, also, I'm on the Building Up To It podcast on the Bricks on the Dollar channel, also part of the Cool Table Network. So if you like Lego, Definitely check out that podcast. Um, it airs every Friday on YouTube and um, shortly thereafter on iTunes. If you would like to listen, though, it is fairly visual most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually, uh, you know, the audio versions are definitely easier for me to consume. But yeah, for a visual show like that, yeah, definitely check it out on YouTube, guys. You know, so um, all right, man. Thanks again for joining me. And uh, like I said, I look forward to Hell in the Cell in a few weeks. And uh, Absolutely. Anytime. You know, you're always welcome, man. You're always welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, peace out. All right, guys, I hope you really enjoyed that. And I want to thank 
Paul C. for once again joining me and having a conversation with me here on Verbally Challenged. I always look forward to when we get together and get to talk wrestling during these monthly pay-per-views. It's definitely a highlight of the month for me, and I'm happy to bring you that podcast that at least once a month where we're talking about wrestling. So I hope you guys really enjoy it. So remember to check him out on Building Up To It, which publishes every single Friday on the Bricks on the Dollar YouTube channel. All right, guys, as for myself, if you were listening to the show, if you want to join me here on Verbally Challenge, you're more than welcome. Just hit me up all over social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, and the PlayStation Network, all at HarrikinBX. You could find me all over social media at HarrikinBX. You could also follow me on Instagram at Diaz4Fitness. Before we head out, guys, some quick shout outs. Remember to check out Realm of Collectors. We have a website, RealmOfCollectors.com. We're on Facebook as a group, Realm of Collectors, and we're on Instagram at Realm of Collectors. Pull up a chair to the cool table. It's a hub for like-minded podcasts, including Enter the Realm and Breaking the Mold, Mondays and Tuesdays, respectively, on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, the only show to watch on Saturday nights, Plastic Fanatics, the Late Night Aftercast on Victory Saber 77's YouTube channel. Those three shows are also available in audio format on iTunes and Google Play. The rest of the shows on the cool table are Shattercast Uncut, Nerd Rage Radio, Toy Detox, Stasis Lock, Building Up To It, Fresh Communication, Beer and Bolts is 40k, and eight weeks you can find the cool table on facebook along with links to all these other great podcasts all right guys that's it that's the episode thank you for the download thank you for the stream thank you for listening i really really appreciate it we'll be back soon real real soon with the next episode all right so take care stay safe and peace out